Some cults are good, most cults are bad, but I'll tell you what really makes me sad. I can't decide which cult to join. If only there were a podcast out there to rank all the cults using some sort of bracket system like they do for basketball playoffs for college teams. It's madness, madness. All right. All right. Oh my God. I mean, it just challenged me to a dance off real fast. Just, and if we're both worn we're out. We're both now. just worn <sighs> out. That's the way to start it. Get ourselves all pumped up for mm-hmm. this week's episode of Madness Madness. <laughs> let's get fired up. LETS go. Let's go. Let's go. LETS go. Let's go. And we are here embarking upon our penultimate episode of this season. This season. This is our final four, but we're going to th- do things a little bit differently because, hey, have you met us? That's right. That's right. So this is our wild card episode mm-hmm. where we have, uh, well, we have a lot of different bits and pieces that we wanted to bring to you that mm-hmm. uh, were not necessarily a full episode. There are a lot of cults out there. There are a lot and of cults out there. And there's a lot there. of like cult adjacent things. Yes. That we just could not fit them all in. I, I know. A I, lot of the cults are like weird Bible based shit, which we're not. Yeah, there's a lot of. Because that's really just sort of like, it's going to be like. Well, just preaching terrible shit about Jesus and treating women horribly. Yeah, it's like here's here's the here's most of those. It's It's like, like, do you know some Bible stories? Mm -hmm. Okay, think about those, and and then they're going to abuse women and children. That's your cult, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's the cult. And And there's also a lot of cults that are fake Hindu yoga ness, like Mm -hmm. a lot of them, where it's basically like. Do you know your Bible stories except the ones that you would hear in a yoga class? Right. <laughs> That's it. Except, And then they're going to abuse some women. <laughs> and then they're going to abuse some women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will mention <clears throat> one later on. There. Yeah. That we do not, did not get into for a reason. So. Exactly. Yeah. No, I have a lot of things. Well, I have one that we talked about for earlier mm-hmm. and then we were like, no, I don't know that there's enough information. And then boy, howdy was there. I, I unearthed some. Fantastic. But so, we'll get in there. Amanda, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about how this episode is going to be set up. Okay. Aaron and I each have two, three, four mm-hmm. different cults and other cult-ish and cult-adjacent topics. We're going to take turns telling them to one another. Usually we take turns uh, a first half and a second half. Right. But this time it's going to be more like, you know, I've got one and then she's got one and mm-hmm. I've got one and then she's got one. We're just going to go back and forth a little bit and throw in all of our own other mm-hmm. discussions. We will not be scoring these this is more fun and informational Mm -hmm. uh than it is rigorous right i mean if at any point during there you're aaron you are like no 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 no, wait this has got to get in there oh absolutely not no there's none (laughs) well actually uh, my first little bit here might be this is not an official one but this is something i found while looking okay let's just get started yeah so while doing some research uh on one of my cults tonight i found that sports-themed parody religions is its own Wikipedia category. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it fits perfectly. It's like fan fiction. It is like fan fiction. And well, we all know that fantasy sports is like D&D for sports. And right. So- it's, like, it's like wrestling is soap operas, mm-hmm. sports soap operas, and uh, fantasy football is sports D&D, mm-hmm. fantasy baseball. Well, here we have Iglesia Maradoniana. Uh, we, the Church ole. of Maradona. <laughs> 
is a religion created by fans of the late Argentine football player Diego Maradona. Mm-hmm. They believe to be oh, the yeah. best player of all time. I believe he's Hand of God, maybe? He but, died not too long ago. He did die not too long and ago. And I remember seeing it and I was like, who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Iglesia was founded on October 30th, 1998, Maradona's 38th birthday, mm-hmm. in the city of Rosario, Argentina, by three fans. Hector Campomar, Alejandro Verón, and Hernán Amez, just oh, so you know. Oh, man. They were uh-huh. fun. And it was said by him, by Alejandro Verón, I have a rational religion, and that's the Catholic Church. Yeah. And then I have a religion. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but then I have a religion that is passed on in my heart and passion, and that is Diego Maradona. <laughs> Supporters of this church are supposedly from all part of, parts of the world. Uh-huh. South America. They, uh, they count the years from 1960, the year of Maradona's birth, so uh-huh. it's like year 21 or something like that. <laughs> Not quite, the 41, 61. Uh, yes, and they make the de- the designation is DS for Despuesta de Diego after Diego, <laughs> uh, small D, big D. Yes, year. It's like it's the D D one ten S exactly. Mm-hmm. And there are ten commandments. Oh yes, of yes, the Iglesia yes. Maradoniana. Of course there are. That's right. I'm ready. You know, the ball is never soiled. Okay. I guess just keep your honor thy football and keep it holy. I, I guess. guess so. Two, foot- love football above all else. Oh, okay. Three, declare unconditional love for Diego and the beauty of football. Four, defend your Argentina shirt. <laughs> do not give it do, to some hoe. Do not give your shirt to some hoe. Do not let the girl take your, your no. Argentina shirt. Keep her flower. That's right. <laughs> Guard your lights. <laughs> spread the news. Five, spread the news of Diego's miracles throughout the universe. Six, honor the temples where he played and all of his sacred shirts. All of his sacred shirts. Yes. Yes. Uh, Seven, don't proclaim Diego as a member of any single team. He is is the one, the truth, and the life, so he's going to be all there. Right. Eight, preach and spread the principles of the Church of Maradona. Nine, change your middle name to Diego. Okay. And ten, name your first son Diego. (laughs) So... <clears throat> These are the commandments of the Maradona, Iglesia Maradoniana. I love that. And, and I love that these three guys are like ripped, like, that's right, <laughs> shoveling tapas. 15 in. cervezas later, they're like, do you know what we need? Okay, step one. Step one. Respect the ball. The ball is never soiled. But I thought that that pretty much embodied the spirit of the wild card. It really did. there's a lot of madness out there, but some of it is not long enough to take up an entire uh, episode. So we got to get all of the man. All of the madness we All can get. All of the get. madness that we can get. I know. And again, our first season is winding down, and we've got some surprises coming up for our next seasons. Mm-hmm. But I'm there's still so many cults and so much interesting stuff. And we've gotten emails. I've got some viewer mail to Yay. read later. And people are sending us other cults to talk about and find out about. So I think we're going to have to find a way to circle back to this topic at, we at will. some point, for sure. We will. I, you know, I'm just almost... so much. I know. I'm almost ashamed to admit this because whenever I was doing one of these mm-hmm. I was like man I'm glad I don't have to get into all this <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot here. there's a lot and I was like I'm because I was thinking I was like oh shit I don't have enough about this I don't have I was like this does not on have this to one be it's, a, okay. it's okay right yeah because we've got a lot and I'm glad because well I maybe I'm just repeating myself but there's quite a few cults that have just a little bit about them mm-hmm. but really I know that our listeners will enjoy listening about them that's right and that is that's what really matters okay so okay since you did Maradona I started us off with the Glacio Maradoniana I'm going to start this has got a little little bit of Oklahoma Ooh. to it 
And uh, love us this, in Oklahoma. That's right. And this one was suggested to me by Melody. Ooh, hey Melody. I know. And it's about Armstrongism. Oh yeah. Slash the Philadelphia Church of God. Ooh, which is in Philadelphia? No, it's in Edmond. Edmond, Oklahoma. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a little about Armstrongism. Okay. And then we can talk a little bit about Edmund. And then we'll talk a little bit about Edmund. So Herbert W. Armstrong was born a Quaker in 1892 mm. in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. He spent 30 years working in print advertising, which meant he knew how to sell shit. Yeah. In 1917, his wife Loma had a mm. vision. She was with Herbert at a road intersection where she saw in the sky a banner of dazzling stars appearing, then vanishing twice over. She was happy, but sad for others. She thought she was witnessing Christ's return. Mm -hmm. Angels then flew to them and said Christ was not coming. (laughs) But he will be coming very soon. (laughs) He got held up. Saying that God was giving them important work to do, Mm -hmm. preparing the way before Christ's second coming. Okay. Herbert shrugged because he was not particularly religious at the time. Yes. But a few years later, he realized that 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 was a message from God. As a matter of fact, fact. after a few, like, focus groups and marketing surveys, Mm -hmm. he discovered that it was, in fact, Jesus. Until Herbert realized that this was a message Uh from God, he and Loma, along with their four children, moved to Eugene, Oregon, where Loma got involved with the Seventh-day Adventists. Okay. Yeah, I believe it's the Seventh-day Adventists who believe that God created life on other planets. There's I didn't get into one of that. the like semi mainstream churches mm-hmm. does believe that. OK, that's just a little like yeah. thing I know. There you go. So in Eugene, Loma got involved with the Seventh-day Adventists. And when Loma told Herbert about the Sabbath on Saturday instead of Sunday, he got pissed and declared this religious fanaticism. Ugh. And then Loma challenged her husband to find anywhere in the Bible that where it says that Sabbath is on Sunday. Ah, and, I challenge you. Exactly. And so, since Herbert's businesses were failing, he had plenty of time to study the Bible. <laughs> As a matter of And he really eventually came to the realization that God was opening his minds to truth, truths that historical Christian churches have not found or accepted. That is usually the first few steps in finding a cult. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I have discovered all of this Bible stuff that Bible people don't know about. They just mention in the Bible. The flip side of that is like, let's see how many uh, things you think are true that are also not in the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Don't drive a car. Quite a bit. Uh, so God was telling Herbert that everyone else was wrong, and he was right. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Uh, megalomania, background in sales. Yep, yep. We're right on there track. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Is he an indigo child? <laughs> Armstrong was eventually baptized, and in 1931, he became an ordained minister of the Seventh Day Adventists. And while he was a member, two other mem- ministers thought Armstrong was arrogant and generally a prick because mm-hmm. he was not, Armstrong was not baptized in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Okay. He was, uh, just went to a regular just Baptist like church. like non-denominationally Baptist? No, he, he went to a, a Baptist church. Oh, okay. And then it was sort of like a, like, fuck y'all, you know? Yeah. Then Armstrong allied himself with two other arrogant ministers. Okay. Andrew Duggar, no relation, Aww. and C.O. Dodd, who thought the New Testament church of the first century had secretly descended through history and had become the Seventh-day Adventist church. 
Okay. And Duggar predicted that the world would end in 1936. Oh, good. I like it when they make really firm predictions. There's a lot of predictions. Circle the dates on the calendar. My favorite. Gotcha. This was too much for the Seventh-day Adventists, and they were like, you guys have to go. You got to go. (laughs) And so the Seventh-day Adventists booted Duggar and Dodd, and on their way out the door, they were like, hey, Armstrong, if you come with us, you can be an apostle. Ooh. And so Armstrong was like, hell yeah, dog. Just what I need. Power. (laughs) Right. More bullshit. In October 1934, Armstrong got his own show on K-O-R-E in Eugene, Oregon called The World Tomorrow. These are the days of our lives. Uh, (laughs) Principles of biblical economics. Right. And he started a church bulletin called The Plain Truth. Oh, oh, I've heard that. And people were really into it. And so Armstrong started teaching, preaching nothing but doomsday prophecies. Oh, good. He said that Hitler and Mussolini were the literal beast and false prophet from the book of Revelations. Okay. He believed in British Israeliism, which is the bogus belief that the people of the British Isles are genetically, racially, and linguistically the direct descendants of the 10 tribes of Israel, which I have written here, which is definitely racist, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, this is wrong, but I'm not qualified. Mm. Yeah, so the... the um. British Israeliism. The, okay, so the British, the people, the people in the British, British Isles, Isles, not the Irish. <laughs> no, no, not them. Uh, the are the lost tribe of Israel, genetically, racially, and linguistically the direct descendants of the ten tribes of Israel. Which you know that English is a direct line of, from Hebrew as far as languages go. I did notice that. So I thought that it was. I thought that the Native Americans were the lost tribe of Israel. No, that's Mormonism, Amanda. Oh, no. I remember, no, it's in uh, Cat Baloo. <laughs> <laughs> Shola Malakam, Jackson, two bears. There, there you go. Okay, well, we're we're cruising right along into the... Doing the clip. Deep, deep waters uh, of making all this shit up yourself. Right. <laughs> Armstrong believed himself to be a literal modern-day apostle who was a harbinger of Jesus' rapidly approaching a turn. Rapidly approaching return. Sometimes when I listen back to it, I realize I'm like, Aaron, you skipped like three or four letters. (laughs) (laughs) Armstrong continued to grow his ministry, first expanding the radio show nationally and internationally before becoming a television show. Mm. Armstrong did not believe in the Holy Trinity, believing it was pagan, which three is really three is kind of pagan is super pagan. But he did believe that God is not merely one person nor a trinity, but God is a family and a surname. God is a bullet. Have mercy on us, everyone. <laughs> Shit. A surname, though. A surname. And this family, God is a family, and like God is like a family name. Okay. And this family consists of God the Father and the Word, who would later become Jesus. <laughs> so that's the Reading right. off my paper is not going to make any more sense, Brian. <laughs> so... So Jesus' last name really is God? That's, yes. That's what I like think. A lot of times they say, Jesus God. That's exactly what I was about I'm to God, and this is my son, Jesus God. <laughs> I'm God God. God God. Right. Members of the Worldwide Church of God, Oh, the actual name of his church, were not allowed to celebrate any holidays or birthdays as they were all part of a pagan tradition. They weren't allowed to see doctors for anything other than broken bones. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh, um. Okay. Like, Broken bones are serious, dude. Like, <laughs> sneak other stuff in there, too. Like, uh, uh, my leg is broken, and also I have a really bad headache. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got this lump on my coughing. neck. 
Armstrong demanded that all men have no piercings and short hair and that women have long hair and be free of makeup. Smoking was prohibited, as was masturbation and loud clothing. Homosexuality and racial marriage and adultery were definitely a sin, as was a divorce. Okay. Armstrong was so against divorce and remarriage that if a member of his congregation was remarried, he would pressure them to get a divorce under the belief that remarriage meant you were being unfaithful to your first spouse. First spouse, spouse. okay. So get divorced quickly and get back with them. Right. So since there is no gay shit allowed, here is a terrible story. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) A young man named James Swift told of his experiences growing up in the Worldwide Church of God in Louisiana. And I think this took place in like, Late 70s. Okay. So as a child, Swift underwent horrifying torture to rid his body of the gay demon Uh that was possessing him. Uh And church officials pegged Swift as gay because of his effeminate mannerisms and subjected him to long stretches of total isolation without food. His mother even sexually assaulted him in an attempt to make him react to a woman's touch, which was her way of performing an exorcism. Oh, God. Now, look. Look, 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 look. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Even if you're trying to, like, vamp the gay, don't do it to your own child. Come on, people. super fucked up. This is... So, whenever he was 15, he's in his 50s now. I have a citation for the article where I got this information from. But yeah, he's in his 50s now. He ran away from home because his mm-hmm. parents were in a doomsday cult that hated gays. And his mom kept touching him. And his mom kept touching <laughs> to him. Try and turn and him he on. like went to the park and like turned tricks for a yeah. while before he was picked up. And a judge, an actual judge, sent him to juvenile therapy, meaning a like trained. An actual, I was going to say, no. so he sent him to the Elan school. No, <laughs> okay, no. Thank God. he sent him to, to go to like a real mental a, health actual professional. Health. Okay. And, but his parents, which I mean, like at the time, God knows what that was. Uh, yeah. But his parents wanted to send him to pastoral counseling. No. This turned out to be the new Bethany home for boys. Ugh, that's the kind of place where like... T- 25 years later, they're like, bodies are being found on yeah, the... Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that place is haunted. Uh-huh. The New Bethany Home for Boys was officially part of the fundamental Baptist movement, so it wasn't an official Worldwide Church of God facility. Okay, but which does not make it any close. better. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. There, Swift was... Um, mm. Like hosed, uh-huh. like fire hose, kept in a cage, subjected to electroshock conversion therapy, and and raped. Yeah. He was there for 17 weeks, and after being returned to his abusive home, he and his brother were taken in by his aunt. Thank God. Jim Swift now writes under his drag name, Mrs. Fifi Frost, I and has say. a published member memoir called Ruined Rhinestones. Oh, yes, Fifi, we love you. There we go. And so that's a little slice of Armstrong's That's a little slice. Yeah. I'm going to point out to you, anybody listening who might just be thinking this, it's like, Mm -hmm. did you notice that after repeated weeks of torture, he remained gay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, guys. Yeah. Armstrong died in 1986. His appointed successor, Joseph W., I'm going to say T-A-K-C-H. Tax. Tax. Yeah. Sure. Immediately began to distance himself from Armstrongism <laughs> and become part of the mainstream evangelical mm-hmm. Seventh Day Adventist, whatever the fuck that means. But right. he was like, no, 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 At no, least no, I'm no, not that. Yeah. no, we're not doing that anymore. And the church split into several denominations, mm-hmm. one of which 
is right here in Edmond. Oklahoma right here City. in Oklahoma City metro area? Uh-huh. Edmond. Right in Edmond. Is it the church with the like 50-foot cross that's right on the highway? <laughs> no, that's just Edmond. Yeah, that's just Edmond. <laughs> the church of Edmond. I remember when they built that giant cross, uh-huh. and it was such a like a hoo-ha, because people were like, well, it's ugly. And people were like, well, it's Jesus. Uh-huh. But I remember... Um, one woman from the church being interviewed on the news and she said, even though it's my church, I'm I'm against this cross because what if people see it and think they can just come to our church? <gasps> and I was like, oh. yeah, God would hate it if you welcomed people into oh his house of God. worship. Oh my God, Jesus. And there, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there you have Edmund. <clears throat> so Gerald Flurry, inventor of the flurry no i was gonna say flurry and frost this is the exactly it's a drag queen and a minister and they solve crimes and there's ice cream drinks with butterfingers in them that's right gerald flurry founded the philadelphia church of god in 1989 and granted i did not do extensive research as to why it was called the philadelphia church of god Mm -hmm. i don't brother i love i guess so i don't know he founded the Philadelphia Church of God in 89 after he was excommunicated from the Worldwide Church of uh-huh. God. And he'd been a minister there for 35 years. And the official reason he got the boot was that he resisted the sweeping doctrinal changes mm, okay. that the Worldwide Church of God instituted after Armstrong's death. Okay. Um, We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> right. So, so like all the moderations, the like, okay, let's dial this crazy shit back a little bit. He was like, no! Yes, that's exactly that's it. Great. And we're, we're getting to it. I don't need any of your moderation. That is 100% it. All righty. Uh, Gerald Flurry is a self-declared prophet <laughs> as written in the book, Who is That Prophet? <laughs> Who's that prophet? <laughs> Gerald Flurry! You that ninja? <laughs> ninja. Uh, <laughs> he's from Edmund. <laughs> Broadway Fort in Edmund. In Edmund. So over three decades, Gerald has made several prophecies. Uh, I like how it says, this is a copy and paste. I guess I could have done better. But it says, many of which had failed. I'm like, all of them had failed. All of them had failed. (laughs) It's a matter of, look, I'm just going to amend this. All of which had failed. And now it's time for some prophecy in the news. (laughs) Yeah, ready for some prophecy in the news. Um, One of which was Donald Trump will remain president. Oh, Uh, Oh, but he did. That's the truth. The Supreme Court uh, will overturn the 2020 election. I mean, this is like fresh hot I was going to say, this is fresh hot uh, predictions. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Barack Obama is the last president of the United States. But wait a minute. Pope Benedict the Oh, is he the last president of the United States? Because then we got our king. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth will resurrect the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, Nazi Pope. Nazi Pope. <laughs> Nazi child molesting Pope. Which oh, that doesn't narrow it down. Okay. No, you're right. But like Nazi Pope who was in charge of investigating child molestation Correct. for the Catholic Church, and then. Mysteriously resigned. Mysteriously resigned. I love that, though. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to buddy him. No, but we I can love talk the fact that. that the Pope resigned. It was like, you know what? I'm just not going to be Pope anymore. I'm going to go live over here in this Vatican apartment. Uh-huh. And the fact that he's still alive. He's still alive. It's, and there's like, there's a Vanity Fair article a while ago about like the two popes mm-hmm. and how super fucked up it is. Yeah. Because Benedict is still he, that's like there with gorgeous Georg and uh-huh. his Prada pumps. And meanwhile, you know. <laughs> real like, sort of like salt of the earth Catholics think it's, that Francis the Jesuit is like amazing uh-huh. and um, the people who are not into 
taking care of poor people right uh in the catholic church are fear- like jesus wanted like to jesus <laughs> wanted to he was a francis is a jesuit they are trained to kill though they, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they are trained to kill <laughs> so maybe that's why that's he said so dangerous well i wanted to sound like benedict honey at any other century you would have been poisoned so long ago <laughs> i just it's like I'm going to resign. I'm like, doesn't that mean like stab, stab, stabity, stab, stab? Right. You don't even get to resign. You're just stabbed. Right. <sighs> anyway. So. My Jesuits. My Jesuits. Jesuits trying, trying to kill to Jesuits. Uh, let's see. Ninjesuits. Ninjesuits. <laughs> um, it's like reading. I love reading Shogun because like the Jesuits are the bad guys. It is so awesome. <laughs> You're going to hell, Englishman. <laughs> Whatever. Pope Benedict XVI will resurrect the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. An archaeological museum would be established in Jerusalem. There's probably a museum in Jerusalem. I'm sure I've not is. been there, but I bet they Maybe got museums. Maybe that is one of his uh, prophecies that came true. And that <laughs> Jesus Christ would return by 2020. Gerald Flurry claims that Donald Trump's victory in 2016 was prophesied in the Bible and designates him as King Jeroboam, who gotcha. was the 13th king of ancient Israel. Oh, so it is, that was the last president and then we got our king. I guess so. He <clears throat> believed that God revealed to him that we are the prophesied Jeroboam. In America? And We're the special ones? What? Unparalleled carnage and destruction on earth, like never in history. Well, kind of. <laughs> global pandemic he also prophesied that donald trump would be taken out by the sword he indicated that joseph tax jr (laughs) would conspire with donald trump to send the philadelphia church of god into exile and that's why he appointed so many catholic supreme court judges during his term so like trump is both the savior and also conspiring with joseph tax Okay, so he's the savior of the world and America and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but he is personally against me, Gerald Flurry. Right. So I have to battle for you guys. That's right. Got here in Edmond. He's after my flurry money. He's after my flurry money. Hot flurry money. Uh, there's hey, more. Sonic to- does come from Oklahoma. That's so. true. <laughs> he also predicted that the Trump tide just prior to the COVID-19 COVID pandemic would be the time in the Philadelphia Church of God that would greatly expand their work in Jerusalem. Okay. And since none of this happened, Gerald Flurry was confident that Joe Biden winning the 2020 U.S. election was against Bible prophecy and that Donald Trump would remain president. And he also noted that Trump's greatest sin was rejecting his throne. And that for this reason, the United States would be destroyed in the time of Jeroboam. Gotcha. Okay. I just have Philadelphia freedom stuck in my head at this point. I wish. Just be gold as ice. <laughs> It's written for Billie Jean King. Okay, according to their website, the Philadelphia Church of God, for over 25 years, Gerald Flurry has presented world events in the light of Bible prophecy on the Key of David program. (laughs) The Key of David covers today's most important events with a unique perspective. Not only does the program tell you what is happening in our society and our world, but also, more importantly, it tells you why. (laughs) The Key of David emulates the tradition and format as well as the depth of the late Herbert W. Armstrong's telecast, The World Tomorrow, one of the most popular religious programs of all time. Principles of Biblical Economics. Mm-hmm. In 2001, Flurry founded the Imperial College of Edmund. Oh, lordy. But had to change because the Imperial College London threatened to sue. <laughs> 
as the Imperial College in Edmond up on uh, Broadway Extension right by Graham Central Station Dispensary. Probably. <laughs> uh, now it is the Herbert W. Armstrong College, an unaccredited theology college. Mm. There as a basic requirement for both two and four year curriculums, uh-huh. boys have to take communications and girls have to take home ec. Excellent. And they also are really, really big on biblical archaeology. Okay. And according to Melody, who tipped me off, mm-hmm. uh, she's an architect and mm-hmm. she worked to help build the Armstrong Auditorium. Okay. Which is advertised as one of the greatest sort of performance theaters okay. in town. Like the performing Arts like Center. Performing okay. Arts Center. Melody, who tipped me off, uh, she said the campus includes admin buildings, dorms, class buildings, a world-class theater, as well as some farm and livestock areas because, quote, nothing like says cult, like self-sustaining prof- oh, properties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> self-sustaining properties. Mm-hmm. There, oh, that's, oh. Who is it? Gerald Flurry. Gerald Flurry. McBoing-boing. <laughs> Gerald McBoing-boing. Gerald Ford, which I thought every single time you said Gerald, I thought Ford. No, Flurry. Yep. Um, the Snap Judgment podcast man oh glenn washington glenn washington he was raised in armstrongism mm. yes <clears throat> yes he was i don't i don't think he's from edmund but i know that he grew up in that church yeah yeah although his um spooked there were some really good oh scary god. stories in there spooked. was one, was the, the, one, one that, at the, the one at the roadhouse oh my god the one at the roadhouse oh my god i had chills mm-hmm. i freaked out and there was the one about the girl named isabella yes <gasps> so this is our Ooh, podcast spooked <laughs> but mm-hmm. a, a snap judgment offshoot really really good but uh, the roadhouse one was like oh that one I was, was screaming on the I did I did I screamed out loud so ah that's good the Philadelphia there is a Philadelphia Church of God which mini cult right mini here. cult right here in Edmond just up the road excellent so yeah well that's very interesting okay very interesting so. well <clears throat> I and you can cut this out if you need to because all I can think of right now is what would you do if I sang out of tune but that is The Wonder Years uh-huh. and the show I'm thinking of Aaron is one I know you watch but I was a little too old to watch My So-Called Life oh listen tell we're, me we're, were gonna, you a fan no no tell me why you were not a I fan I was not a fan of My So-Called Life My So-Called Life came out the fall of 19... 19- 94, okay. which was my first semester of college. Okay. So, oh, yeah, no. So I was already doing other shit. Yes. Also, I was born in the blood of Beverly Hills 90210. Gotcha. And <laughs> that... That's the teen. That's what you want from your teen program. That's what I want from my teen program. I want some ridiculous earnestness. Mm-hmm. I want characters that are written by boomers who... <laughs> talk like boomers <laughs> we're high school students but we talk like we're but we talk like boomers um i want i want a, a show about how to give yourself a breast exam <laughs> i want cindy walsh to earnestly say i can't believe people don't spay and neuter their pets <laughs> do you like, want to choose yourself yes i want to choose myself i want a show that's fucking ridiculous but takes itself so takes se- itself so seriously and there's never any wink at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ridiculousness is like part of the DNA. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. And my so-called life was too. No, my so-called. Because they, I mean, talk about freaking earnestness. It was freaking earnestness. But my so-called life, for one thing, I was like, this is a try. This is try hard shit. Uh-huh. It's very try hard. It was super try hard shit. It was super earnest. Because in watching Ninos, mm-hmm. earnestness, 
you can also be like, okay, yeah, sure. Dylan went to stay with that lady and she had a horse, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the time that like Brandon and Dylan did a sweat lodge and stuff like that. You're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. You know, at no point were the riders of Beverly Hills 90210 thinking of actually how what teens were thinking (laughs) yeah I think they were thinking about what they thought teens were thinking right and they were also thinking about teens parents who were watching Watching this show show. okay that's why mom and dad kept kept (laughs) that's why mom and dad were there and so here my so-called live it was it was too I don't know it was just like kind of like too performative you know Mm I was like, you know, Rayanne was a bad girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, and I do give Wilson Cruz and Ricky Vasquez yes. all the credit that for being was- a gay character who was super fucking gay, who was played by a gay actor, uh-huh. which is more than 90210. Right. And ever. who had a storyline. It wasn't like, what's his name from Melrose Place? Who's like, right. I'm gay, you'll never see me again. Yeah, like when David Silver worked at the car wash and there was like a gay kid that lived at the car wash because his... Parents had kicked part of one episode, and right. that was all and of it. We forever. never saw him again. Yeah. Okay, no, it does get credit for that because that was though. However, by the time Ricky Vasquez hit our screens, mm-hmm. thanks to you, I had been consorting with gays for about you ten had years. Diff- right, you've been all kinds of places, <laughs> and I was like, I've met gays before, and they <laughs> are not wearing all of these like earring chains and stuff. You know, <laughs> I had been to like. Some parties. You yeah. been to some parties and some bride parades. I marched in my first bride parade when I was like 13. Yes. And so the whole Ricky Vasquez thing wasn't as like, <gasps> oh my right. God. It wasn't as groundbreaking. Groundbreaking to, to it, me. The show does get credit for that. It does. For sure. It does get credit for that. And the other thing, mm. the show wanted you. I mean, of course, I spent a lot of time like wondering if who I liked more, Brandon or Dylan. Uh huh. You were not given any choices. I was on not show. given any choices on that show, and I was not impressed. <laughs> you were not impressed by Jordan Catalano. I was not impressed by Jordan Catalano. If anything, I felt bad about like the was a guy named Brian. Don't look at me. I was watching Star Trek: Next Generation. I know at this there point. was there was like the nerd Mystery science theater, Star Trek, and AbFab. That's yeah. what I was watching. At no, time. there was the nerd guy. Okay, and I was kind of like, you're just kind of a sad sack, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not into any of these dudes. And Angela Chase and her like long sweater, like gasping against her locker. I was like, I'm in college now. <laughs> I'm hot boxing a dorm room right now. Yeah, I think I think you have made very good points that are all crucial and understandable mm-hmm. but I also bet that a little bit of the being it's like I'm not in high school anymore and I do not need a very very much so <clears throat> and by yeah. the time I was like this is some high school shit right so oh wait, oh, I, wait. I do have a pause I do have a brush with fame oh, oh, with oh, that oh, oh. show let's hear it when I worked at the body shop in Penn Square Mall mm-hmm. one day um AJ Langer who played Rayanne came <gasps> in and bought some mango body butter oh sweet I know I right? wonder what she was doing in town I don't know she was with a friend but she was getting like soft supple skin I guess. <laughs> do you did you and, and Michelle go to the mall the time that Tiffany Amber Thiessen and what's his John Mark Paul Goslar yes were there yes I stood That's, in line and I got uh an autograph. It's not nine hundred two one zero, but still. Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Mark Paul Gossler. Yes, uh, I did that. Pensgore Mall. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of things at Pensgore Mall. I saw, I saw the best minds of my generation <laughs> torn apart at the food court. <laughs> torn apart at the screaming, <laughs> naked, dragging past the hot topic in search of an angry fix. Oh yeah. Yes. So, so you weren't super impressed by Jordan Catalano? No. And you don't think you would? Uh, have you been a big fan of him since then? Because no. I know you love 30 Seconds to Mars, right? No. 
I don't. You don't? No. I was just, he's just, not that Dylan McKay wasn't a colossal pain in the ass. <laughs> but looking at Jordan Catalano and Jared Leto, I was like, you are an insufferable cock. You, I, nobody needs you as a boyfriend, Jordan Catalano. No. You are just a Angela, pain. Angela, get out. Get out. Find another boy. Don't date anyone. Don't date anyone. Don't date him. Hang out with Ricky. Go to college. Meet a nice boy there. <laughs> Stop dating. Stop dating. So, why do you ask? Because I have a cult for us, started by, I'm just going to refer, let's see, I wrote down here, Academy Award winning solipsist, Jared Leto. <laughs> Shit, uh, yeah, and then there's yeah. also that. Yes, well, Echelon Dick is yeah. a cult that has started, it's not a cult. It's not a cult. Uh, you can tell because they have hashtag, uh, excuse me, trademarked the, yes, it's a cult, and they hashtag everything, yes, it's a cult. Hashtag, yes, it's a cult. Hashtag, you wouldn't understand. Oh, hashtag, suck jo- my dick. Okay. <laughs> but it's just a joke. I mean, didn't you get it was a joke? It's just a joke. You didn't take it seriously. Oh, what kind of square are you? Oh, hashtag, gargle my ball. Oh, get, I have Oh, God. <clears throat> Okay. Not long after executive producing the film Holy Hell, all about the Buddha field. Which I thought he thought, I think he thinks was like a pretty good idea. Right. Like he's like, shit, I need to get me some of that. Almost. I need some fucking fruit salads. He does. And boy, did he get some because I saw some of their YouTube videos. Let me tell you, (laughs) Annabeth. Uh, Yeah. So shortly after, and I'm not kidding, shortly after executive producing the uh, film Holy Hell about the Buddha field, Jordan Catalano, who I'm just gonna—I called him various things throughout here, but I'm just gonna refer to him as Jordan because he'd hate that the most. Exactly. I think. Exactly. Uh, remember when you were on a teen TV show? Remember how you owe your entire career to this teen TV mm-hmm. show, Mr. Depp? I'm looking at you, Mr. Depp. I'm looking at you. That was a better show, man. I loved. Twenty One Jump Street ruled. Um, the only time I've ever in my life written slash fiction—I didn't even really know it was slash fiction Brian at the time. Brian and I were talking about this the other day. How like you made that up, and then um, <clears throat> I made up the whole story about like where I was at Dead Poet Society. Yes, like my dad is like, oh my god, we came up with slash fiction. Slash, right, I wrote it for my friend uh, Roberta who uh, lived in Chicago, and I wrote about how Johnny Depp and Richard Grieco were on a stakeout together. <laughs> that's right at a gay bar. At a gay bar, yeah, it was great. It was, it was great. But anyway, so I'm, I keep getting distracted because he's so twerpy. Okay. Let's see. Uh, yes. All right, for real this time. Shortly after doing that, he decided that he needed, he already had his band, and I think he wanted to like see if he could get a little bit farther, push it a little bit more, and indeed he could. Mm. He claims it's a joke, and all of the almost entirely women wearing white robes paying $7,000, not including travel. To white s- women? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to spend a weekend experience on Mars Island. And follow him around and refer to him as the prophet. Agree that it's it's just a joke and not a cult. I hate you guys so uh-huh. much. It's not a cult because you're not required to wear white. I saw a video by a British superfan named Annabella who goes step by step about her weekend at Mars Island. Oh my God. To talk about how it's not a cult. She was... <laughs> indignantly showing a painting that she had painting of Mars uh, made of Cars Island. It's clearly not a cult. It's clearly an adult leisure retreat. <laughs> it's not a cult. It's too fucking stupid to be a it, cult. It, that's my, my, is that my ultimate, and I'm going to read you a little bit more, but it's not a cult because a cult leader has more responsibilities. Yeah. Sir. It's like you need to do a little more. Lead a little more. Uh huh. You need to follow some your fucking philosophy. Even if it's like Rebizar Tarsus came to me. It, no, exactly. Even if it is like right, it's like, and soon the aliens will be here. So you need to, you know, build your shoe costume mm-hmm. and put it on, whatever. You have to do like at least a little bit of homework yes, to run a cult. World building, other than just like sending pigs 
to people, to your coworkers. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I really, I, I, I may be entitled to compensation for having to read as many articles about Jared Leto <laughs> as I did this week. Cock. So, okay. Yeah, so it's clearly not a cult. She showed a picture. She's like, well, the, that, the pictures that everyone sees of him walking and everybody's walking after him and we're all wearing white and they say that, see, it's a cult because you have to wear white. You didn't have to wear white. Here's a picture of me and Jordan and uh, I'm wearing blue. And it's not white because you didn't have to wear white. And if it was a cult, you'd have to. And I don't have to because here's a picture of us right there. See, I'm not wearing white. And that one photo that everybody shows of everybody standing together on the cliff, that's like our awkward family photo where, you know, it's hard to get everybody together, where we all got together. And, you know, we all kind of wanted to dress together because it's like the family reunion photo. But it's not a cult. We're just following. We're just there. I would rather... <clears throat> join a polyphonic spree that <laughs> giant band that looked like a cult uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah i'd rather do that yeah uh, yeah i think i'd fo- rather follow fish across the country <laughs> i would rather do fucking anything than hang to- out on an island with jordan Calano and his like damp pantied followers uh-huh. the cult followers are referred to as the echelon in a promotional video we learned that echelon is belief hope emotion understanding music support Love, shouts, world unification, communication, freedom, happiness, tears, dreams. It is the family. The video shows... I am furious right now. It shows them all getting tattoos of the various echelon symbols, which are inventive things like a triangle with a line across it. Mm -hmm. Things that look kind of like the Enron logo. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever seen... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, Brian when you were taking an IQ test in Omni magazine mm-hmm. and you know there's when you anytime you take any of those kind of tests there's like look at these three images and which of these would be the fourth one yeah. right yeah all of their tattoos look like that <laughs> like a bubble in the answer that you feel is which goes next in the sequence Jesus God <laughs> uh-huh so in regards to Jared Leto, excuse me, Jordan Catalano's Island Occult, is it? Yes, he said to himself, yes, this is a cult. No, it's Hashtag not. Mars Island. It's a cult. And all the people that frequent the island call it a cult. He invites his trusting followers to join him for several days at a price for a three-night all-inclusive festival experience. Relax, restore with yoga among the trees, take a dip, catch a midnight screening, gaze at the stars, and get two intimate performances with 30 Seconds to Mars on an island experience like no other. Right now, this is making Teal Swan's vegan getaway sound like a beautiful, bountiful trip to Bali. Like, I don't, it's like, I might get a onesie and I don't have to listen to your band. That's right. So there you go. Teal's not going to be there. Teal's not even going to be there, right. Yeah, it is $7,000 not including travel, mm-hmm. and you get a an exclusive VIP experience with Jared, which I guess is your get your picture taken with him, like that other woman did. Yeah, uh, Mars Island 2020 was postponed due to COVID, <laughs> but it's back on track for August 2021. I saw an ad for it, and he seems to be kind of turning this into the a fire festival. Of course, he is. Uh, yeah, he even got uh, I can't remember his name. Ja Rule? No, 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 no. The the guy who was going to give blowjobs for water. Oh yes. <laughs> The champion of the fire yes. festival. He's involved. Well, bless his heart. Uh-huh. I hope he gets to right. get Jordan paid Catalan's this time. Dick. Yeah. No. Uh, the, according it's to terrible. the ad, it's a terrible dick. Shh, Jordan even mocks the sandwich. We'll be having the sandwich. No, we won't have any sandwiches like this. 
And according to the ad, it will feature yoga, arts and crafts, tattoos, and performances by the band on a beautiful island in Croatia, which is a beautiful island. I'm sure it is. Mm -hmm. Even if it lacks the full-time residency for proper cult status for now, it's kind of Fire Festival cum V week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it might fill our abdication of responsibility needs, except I can't stand to be around Jordan Catalano Oh, God, no. I also had to... I would like to go on an all-expense-paid private island experience. Yes. Sure. But not with that fucking dude. No, not with that I will have you know that no, no no members of Beverly Hills 90210 (laughs) have ever pulled this shit. Ever pulled this shit. Ever. That's, no, none of them. I mean, what? Not even Jason Priestley. Andrea's the president president of the Screen Screen Actors Guild right now. The whole not a cult hashtag garbage and hearing him talk about it, it's like irony being pushed on you by someone who is like far too stupid to understand irony. Yes, yes, yes. It's yes. like it's like it, the thing about irony is if if you're carrying a huge sign on a pole that says ironic, that's it's, like you're not doing you're not it right. Doing it right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And everybody knows that the true signifier of a cult is all kinds of people jumping onto the message boards to tell you that this is not not a cult cult. yeah anybody who has this many videos Mm -hmm. about people explaining how you just don't understand this Mm -hmm. isn't a cult at all we're just together like a family Mm -hmm. they're like "Uh uh-huh we also discussed at one point including uh the gathering of the or the juggalos in our group and they were another one that are uh not quite a cult uh but are still have a lot it's of groupiness. Tribal. <laughs> I would. I go. I'd rather go to gathering of the juggalos. Hell yeah, than Mars Island. One hundred thousand percent. Walk around with my tits out. Uh huh. One hundred percent. And like, you don't have to take acid, but you you might want to. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can just wander around and get high and do all the fun exactly. things. Exactly. I can have my top off in public. Right. And I did. I heard that if two people get into a fist fight at a gathering of the juggalos, everybody else gathers around them and chants family, family <laughs> until they're shamed into stop fighting. That's right. I, I like that. I've also heard that, like, you know, you're not allowed to pick on, like, younger juggalos. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's not how we do this shit, dude. That's if right. we're beating each other, it's mutual. It's fun. It's beating each other for fun. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, Jordan Catalano's. Uh, echelon cult God uh-huh. uh, Thank you Shout out to Tess Who was like Make sure you check this out yes. She also Has sent several clips There's a There's a TikTok Going around right now About an intentional community In Guatemala Yeah I saw that Yeah that's Cult <laughs> I don't even think It's a cult I think it's just more Well it's got the, like a, No did you see the guy They've got a dude With a With a Like a white Jesus Robe looking thing uh, on Looks like he's watched A little too many Jordan Catalano videos Dude you wish they You all wish. wish you could have A fucking cult You wish you could have a cult Because uh, yes As Brian said And as we have spent Many weeks Debating and discussing To have a good cult You need to have Backstory You need to have Activities You mm-hmm. need to have <laughs> You need You thoughts. need to have A stripe path You need to have you A structure to Towards something mm-hmm. There. A work ethic. A work, a work ethic. ethic. And not gimmicks. No, right. not gimmicks. And I, yeah, I, nobody, I mean, I'm trying to imagine even fucking Vanguard wouldn't hashtag, yes, it's a cult. No. You wouldn't understand. It's like, uh-uh. No. no. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not even doing it right, Jordan Catalano. Fuck you. Because you're, you don't really care. You don't really care. You don't deserve Claire Danes, man. Awesome. She was good. <clears throat> so, all right, yeah. So that was my just little... Uh, what is the song? Did they have a theme song? Because all I could think of was... Uh, I don't want to wait for, for my life to be over. <laughs> no, that's... How, <laughs> how do I call Pacey? 901 <laughs> Uh I don't 
know. Okay, we'll look at it. Because I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> hey. guys, I took a tiny little bit of a mini research break and I ascertained that my so-called life didn't even have a good theme song. It had a theme song called the My So-Called Life theme song, which sounded like the outro music from Outlander. So, so there, there you go. go. Super cool show you got there. <sighs> Jordan. Though Rayanne is a countess now she she oh. yeah she married some naive she her mango body butter work exactly <laughs> she was able to certainly did catch herself a husband okay all right okay so, so what 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 cult could we join next because i don't like any of these so far well you're not gonna like this one either okay <laughs> there's been a lot of talk yes lately yeah about how um the republican party is a cult now yeah i i'm not say i wouldn't say that from the beginning of time? No. Lately? Yes. yes. I wonder and, when this started. And we're not hmm. we're not going to um, talk about that. Yeah. Cuz I don't want to get cuz I'm so tired of thinking about that shit. I know. <laughs> the I best I could give you was like failed prophecies. Yes, that's and they were all failed prophecies. So, the Republican Party can be called a cult. Mm-hmm. Do you know what else can be called a cult? What? A multi-level marketing system. One hundred percent. That is something that we have on our Venn diagram. Is that mm-hmm. there are quite a few cult leaders who start off in sales, especially multi-level marketing. marketing. And I think down the line we will do an episode about. I think so. Different uh-huh. multi-level marketing. I, I think so too. I think that's coming up in a in a future season, maybe uh-huh. not a full on season. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So let's hear your your thoughts. We're gonna talk a little about my my uh my little headline says GOP plus MLM equals cult. Yes. For our international listeners, mm-hmm. I'm going to use the term GOP. GOP stands for Grand Old Party, and it is a very long-standing traditional name for the Republican Party. Right. And, and it started in like 18 dickety five. Right. And it, yeah, and GOP means grand old and party. And GOP means grand old party. And so I'm gonna I'm right. gonna say GOP. Yeah. You can call them the GQP now, I think. I can. I That's like right. That. Uh-huh. So Okay, so yeah, definitely. Is a- I already my mind is just like champing at the bit to uh-huh. talk about this. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. So here is a quote that we're gonna start out with. Okay. It says Lying is an institution in the conservative elite. In this respect, as in so many others, it's like multi-layer marketing. The ones at the top reap the reward, and then they preen, pleased with themselves for mastering the game. Closing the sale, after all, is mainly a question of writing out the lie, Uh showing that you have the skill and the stones to just brazen it out, and the savvy to ratchet up the stakes higher and higher. Yes. So we all know that uh, MAGA is a cult and who is at the center. But looking back, the GOP has employed the same culty methods for decades Mm -hmm. with an added layer of multi-level marketing. Uh Let's dig in, shall we? Let's dig in. Hmm. In 1961, a man named Richard Vigory, who once said his heroes were the two Macs, McCarthy and MacArthur, Joseph McCarthy and Douglas MacArthur, realized that American conservatives had no 
real way of getting their message out. Obviously, you can't trust TV. Uh, okay. Did you see the Kennedy-Nixon debates? You know, people who listen on the radio thought Nixon was the clear winner, right? Uh-huh. So rather than seem sweat. Right. Gotcha. So rather than leave their messaging problem up to the fucking GOP to figure out, Vigory took it upon himself. Good, good. Just like as a concerned citizen. Yeah. Okay. He, he had a job, uh, <clears throat> and I'm sorry I didn't write it down, with what was basically sort of a youth group for the National Review. Okay. Great. Which the National Review, which is a storied conservative right. magazine. Who <laughs> what I thought up with people was going to be, but right. actually is. <laughs> the National Review, at least, was like, fuck this dump shit. Yeah, no. Anyway, Vigory, so yeah, he was part of that. Okay, okay. So he was semi like semi up there. Right. And so he took it upon himself to collect the names and addresses of the GOP donors who had donated 50 or more dollars. Okay. $1961. $1961. And this information was in the public domain. Right. You could go and get these donors' names and addresses. And he decided he was going to write directly to them. Ah, direct marketing. About the dangers America faces. Communism. There he would solicit donations for conservative causes and candidates. Send the money to me. Mm-hmm. We're raising money mm-hmm. for these candidates. Mm-hmm. Send me the money and I will... Distribute Definitely it. do the right thing with it. Uh-huh. Apparently, uh-huh. this is something Republicans have been falling for. for <laughs> well, this is where it started. That's right. Starting right here. This is where it started. Uh, he initially compiled a list of 12,500 of the most ardent right-wingers in America. All right. And that list, he said, was my treasure trove. As good as gold bricks deposited in Fort Knox as I started the Vigory Company and began raising money for conservative clients. Mm-hmm. Like myself. Right. <laughs> Before long, uh, Vigory's direct mail agency and lists enabled conservatives to buy, bypass the mainstream media mm-hmm. and connect with tens of millions of Americans on a personal level oh. regarding issues that they cared passionately, passionately about. about. And in eight, 1980, he had a list of about 25 million people. Mm-hmm. 1980. Hmm. 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 Guy must really care about small government and fiscal responsibility. You'd be wrong. What else does the GOP stand for? <laughs> Grift. Grift. So here's how the VIG scam worked. Mm. He, with the help of 300 employees in boiler rooms running 24 hours a day, dispatched some 100 million pieces of mail a year. Mm. The truth delivered to your door. Oh. And what was the truth? The same as the truth is today. Alarmist visions of white Protestant civilization besieged that propelled fundraising pitch after fundraising pitch. I know. The immigrants, the Negroes, the red Chinese. Uh-huh. Vigory started this, but the rest of the conservative movement ran with it. Oh, yeah. You know, they were like, hey. Immediately. So the typical ploy ran a little something like this. And this is from the Heritage Foundation's founder, founder <coughs> Paul Weirich's Free Congress Research and Education Foundation. Here's a little sidebar. I've been to D.C. a few times for library conferences. And near the hotel that we always stay at is this bar that you can walk to. And that bar is next door to the Heritage Foundation. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And I spit on it. Every single time. Every time. I ash my cigarette on it. (laughs) And and then I I spit on the door handle. So anyway, the Heritage Foundation says, Dear friend, 
Do you believe that children had, should have the right to sue their parents for being forced to attend church? Do children should children be eligible for minimum wage if they are asking being asked to do household chores? Do you believe that children should have the right to choose their own family? As incredible as they may sound, these are just a few of the new children's rights laws that could become a reality under a new United Nations program Uh-oh. if fully implemented by the Carter administration. Uh If radical anti-family forces have their way, this UN-sponsored program is likely to become an all-out assault on our traditional family structure. This and this is 1980, ladies and gentlemen. This is the, implemented by the Carter administration. Uh-huh, the Carter administration. So, so 76 to 80. Second verse, same as the first. Uh-huh, so you get the message. Donate your social security check to some dude who claims that the money, uh, to use the money to get more people... Uh-huh. Elected. Right. And there's an article. Moral people. Yes. There's an article called The Long Con <laughs> by a man named Rick Perlstein from Baffler. It was a okay. Baffler.com in November 2012. Okay. He described it thusly. These are bedtime stories meant for childlike minds, or more to the point, they are in the business of producing childlike minds, mm-hmm. conjuring up the most garishly insatiable monsters precisely in order to banish them from underneath the bed. They aim to put the target to sleep. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, stories about monsters under the bed at night can in daylight turn in to fairy tales. <gasps> Ooh, and what's the fairy tale. biggest fairy tale of, the, of them all? That you can make a career for yourself in the world of direct marketing. Oh, that is the dream. At the same time, Richard... I'm going to get rich. Uh-huh. At the same time, Richard Vigory was working towards getting uh, Barry Goldwater elected. Oh, good. That worked out great. And, like, let's talk about, like, the quaintness of Barry Goldwater and how, like, all he was like, he's like, what if we nuke Vietnam? And everyone's like, we can't do that, which, like, you can't do that. But all of a sudden, he's like, well, it worked in Japan. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say, so why can't you do that? Because it, went, it hadn't stopped you in the past. Yeah. So, about the same time Richard Vigory was working to get Barry Goldwater elected, two simple guys from Ada, Michigan, Rich DeVos and J. Van Andel, wanted to have a business of their own. I'm sorry, did you say DeVos? Yes, Uh yes, I did. God, that name sounds familiar. And that name, that was my friends, was Amway. Amway, 100%. The the queen mother, mamma jamma Uh of multi-level marketing pyramid schemes. And it says here, quote, Amway gets people into a new life of excitement, promise, profit, and hope. Now look, I have seen... (laughs) I'm ready. I have seen Amway catalogs uh, back in the day when they were actually catalogs printed on paper. Mm -hmm. I don't remember whose birthday party I was at, school birthday party, at somebody's house. I probably got bored and wandered off to find something to read elsewhere in the house. Are there any magazines in this house? Are there any magazines in this house? They're going to play Seven Minutes in Heaven, and I am not going in that closet with that boy. (laughs) So I am going to go and look for some magazines. And at some point, I found an Amway catalog. Mm Mm-hmm. And I kind of heard of Amway, didn't know any like evil. I just mm. heard of it like Avon. Yeah. And I remember looking through that and thinking like, this is just stuff. This is like dish soap and vitamins. And why would you not just buy your dish soap at the store while you're there? Right. At least <laughs> Avon is like makeup. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this is like nice face cream. This is nice face cream. Or I like the way this perfume smells and mm-hmm. it only comes from here. Mm. But this is like washing powder. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I need your washing powder? It's not even much to sell. No, yeah. it's, it's just stuff. Right. It's not an essential oil. It's not sassy leggings. It's, it's, it's dish soap. It's dish soap. 
So pretty much right away, state and federal regulators noticed that this was a scam. Uh, (laughs) Quote, without sustainable and profitable retail sales opportunities for the distributors, the reward can only come from one place, the investments of later recruits. Yes. And by 1968, California banned endless chains that doomed consumers to losses, which I can't but assume pissed off uh, Governor Reagan because... Yeah. Fuck consumer ra- safety regulations, am I right? I know. We don't need that. In clog up big business and grab the whole nation. These we'll people are the trying to have a business of their own. They're just, just entrepreneurs. Trying to get along. Making a little extra for their families. Why do you hate families? Government's the problem. Yeah. In 1979, the Federal Trade Commission, after investigating Amway and multi, a multi-level marketing company with, company with a vast product line, mm-hmm. decided that the company's business model passed muster, even though recruitment was at the heart of it, because they claimed, Amway claimed, to take certain steps that supposedly showed that its recruits were selling the company's products to real customers, not just other recruits and that bit of legal jiggery pokery Mm -hmm. made amway into a direct marketing scam Uh, rather than a pyramid pyramid scheme scheme. it's a direct marketing Uh uh-huh one thing i noticed uh in like listening to the podcast series the dream which is awesome i was just about to Uh say that but and in everything i've read about mlms and stuff like that it's they're like cults and that they're not well, this is not a pyramid scheme. No. This is not a cult. No. No. Yeah, and if you want to learn all this major ins and outs of all of how all this started and all the regulation shit, listen to the Dream yeah, podcast. series. It's really it's fascinating. It's super good, and they... <clears throat> they do some extensive research right. that we don't have time. I mean, it's right. like several hours long. Yeah. So. Um, so the Reagan and Bush senior administrations allowed MLMs to run rampant. Uh, regulatory efforts were stepped up during the Clinton administration. Yeah. Please but the, stop. No. Okay. But that was all blown to shit by W. Bush, mm-hmm. who appointed a man named Timothy Muris to head up the Federal Trade Commission. Mm. At the time, Muris was an antitrust lawyer whose biggest client was <gasps> Amway. Amway. Oh, my God. Well, then he really stepped in to put lots of restrictions and regulations mm-hmm. on them because they were doing illegal things. Right. stopped all of the investigations started by Clinton and refused to monitor the enforcement articles against companies who had already been prosecuted. Good, good, good. Um, He also issued a widely circulated letter that is obscured and appeared to permit practices paying rewards for endless chain recruiting without retail sales as a revenue source that the courts and 30 years of earlier FTC policy have declared illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the letter was used by MLM, company, MLM companies to persuade millions of consumers that previous uh, FTC policies and court actions that defined pyramid schemes, d- defined pyramid selling fraud, were no longer valid. Oh, okay. So he basically put out this letter and was like, uh, yeah, that's not true no, anymore. that's not true anymore. Mm-hmm. But it kind of is, shh. <laughs> well, even if it is, we're not going to investigate it. And what are you going to do, do about it? What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Muris uh, ignored consumer fraud complaints, uh-huh. just like he ignored whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. And instead, he cozied up to MLM lobbyists mm-hmm. seeking to exempt their industry. After he left his job at the FTC, FTC Muris became an MLM lobbyist. What? It says, this pyramid lobby exists quote not just to curry favoritism or receive income at the public trough but to prevent its extinction yes this requires law 
this requires thwarting law enforcement and foiling consumer protection. Yes. And it says only the tobacco industry has as much stake in its political lobbying and its public marketing campaign. Wow. I, I, is that still true? Because I this, would think that this like... This quote was from July 2013. Okay. I was going to say like Big Pharma's got a lot of... Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> and... But the, let's think about... Let's see. Uh, I'm sure like Bechtel also uh-huh. <laughs> did tobacco, Big Pharma, and Now MLM. it's tech. Like... Right, yeah. yeah, now it's like Bezos and stuff. Like, don't make me pick up the taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and it says the targets of the pyramid lobby are almost exclusively Republican. Mm-hmm. In one of the articles that I read, um, and I'll cite it in just a minute, The it was the guy who wrote The Long Con. Right. Richard, Rick Perlman, Perlstein. Perlstein. Um, he talked about going to do his research on this and looking at conservative websites and noticing the advertising mm-hmm. on the conservative websites are all for like fucked up grifter shit. Yes. Like your doctor won't tell you about this. Uh-huh. And yeah, and it's it's <gasps> yeah. yeah. Yeah, gold. And that's like like the advertising on Fox News is uh-huh. is just uh, uh, what is it? Put these pads on the bottom of your feet and they will dry out all the toxins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it says the MLM grift speaks to the whole bullshit bootstraps ideology. Right. Uh, According to Rick Perlstein, uh, MLMs are presented as an alternative to the conventional economy that is portrayed as entrapping, uncaring, and closed off, a place for losers and wage slaves. Well, that's partially true. However... You know why it's like that? <laughs> you want to know? It's called late stage capitalism and it's, it enslaves people. Hi. It does. These a- Ayn Rand worshiping conservatives oh, and MLMs go hand in hand in their shared belief that there is no such thing as privilege mm-hmm. and perpetuate the fiction that someone's success is only due to their gumption and ability to work hard. I love how people who come from generational wealth always say this no fucking shit point to one of you that bootstrapped yourself out of anything no at all but in in talking to like talking about like the marks yeah oh yeah this yes nobody in their world ever benefited from education or inherited wealth well that is true Uh, they never needed any kind of help especially that from the government so when the president of amway gets up there to speak about starting your own business Mm -hmm. people look at him and think he's rich he didn't earn his money the regular way right working for the man or going to college Mm -hmm. i could do that too well no, you can't because they won't let you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this radical. They've spent years and will spend more and more years completely defending and devaluing public education so that you're stupid enough to not be able to realize this. Mm-hmm. It's working great. It's working it's great. Really right. <laughs> this radical. None of you are listening to this. No. Right now. This radical individualism that conservatives think makes them special, mm-hmm. coupled with a hatred of the government, are inherent in both MLMs and right-wing politics. Yes. They are both perpetuated by lies in order to make money. Yes. Disguised as free enterprise. Right. These are unkeepable promises that make people believe that there is an easy way to make money or that by giving their money to huckster political candidates, these politicians will act on their behalf. Right. And then it will all trickle down to Mm -hmm. you. Both of these are business opportunity cults. Yes. One promises that a young mother can work from home to support her family. Right. And the other promise 
promises that coal jobs are coming back and immigrants won't take, take their jobs. jobs. Right. Immigrants didn't take your jobs. The boss sent it overseas. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the reason that coal company, those they're never yeah. coming back. You know why? Because things don't run on coal, coal anymore. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All of those... You know, and you can have a job at an auto plant and earn a, mm-hmm. I have a high school education and yet I earn enough money to like house my family and mm-hmm. go on vacation. A union gave you that job and a Ronald union. Reagan took it and away. Ronald Reagan yeah. took it away. Yeah. Or Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Government's the problem though. You, oh, you know who else? As, as a citizen of Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. I crack up every time I hear all these MAGA people go on and on and on about that stuff. And I'm just like, that's what Tim McVeigh believed. Yes. That's what Tim McVeigh believed. That's exactly Do you what- understand if you wear your MAGA hat to the bombing memorial that you're basically saying, I'm here for Tim McVeigh? Yeah. I've thought about that. Oh, I think a about lot, that every day. Every fucking day. Uh-huh. Yes. It's like, that's what Tim McVeigh believed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's ahead of his time. Now, <laughs> I don't really want to devolve into an all Republicans are stupid tirade. They are not. Because that is not fair. No. And I do not have all the information it's, I need to support my claim. It is true. Not all Republicans are stupid and it's like uh, not all Christians are ignorant. Right. That many are smart and uh, critically thinking. So, But there's a I'm lot that bring giving... your side down, people. Yeah, those aren't the ones you hear from, unfortunately. Right. Yes. Um, so I'm going to get general here. Go. We know how the GOP feels about education Mm -hmm. and education and the education and the educated. Yes. Based on decades of defunding public education as well as the villainization of the elites. Mm -hmm. We science who have college educations are rubes who can't think for ourselves and tend to just trust the government because we're stupid. Right. And we listen because we listen to all that indoctrination. Mm -hmm. We do. And so it's no surprise that people who lack critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. and are heavy on evangelism would trust a shyster to tell them the secret way to get everything they want. So look at the rest of those fools with their fancy book learning when mm-hmm. I, but a simple man, mm-hmm. can support my family through hard work and Not anymore. dedication. Thank you, Ron Reagan. No, you busted all the unions. You know, can't you can't, but you're still mad because your coal job isn't coming uh-huh. back. You know what would have saved that? The union. unions. <laughs> Education, vocational Education. training. I'm a member of the teachers union, but uh, as thanks to our Oklahoma Republican legislature, we're no longer allowed to like strike and things like that. That's nice. That's nice of them. Our good friend Steve Hassan. Hey, Steve. Former Mooney, deprogrammer, cult expert extraordinaire, mm-hmm. developed a four part model of authoritarian control called BITE. Yes. Which stands for behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. Yes. And each one of these things lists many, many examples, but I'm going to talk about the ones that apply to both the GOP mm-hmm. and MLMs. Okay. Behavior control. Yes. Financial exploitation. Yes. Groupthink. Yes. Fox News. Mm-hmm. Also, direct marketing isn't a pyramid scheme. Right. Direct marketing mm-hmm. isn't a pyramid scheme. This is what you will learn listening to sources of information that don't have to tell you any other sides. don't have to tell you any other sides. And also, you have to go to the MLM meetings all the fucking time, mm-hmm. constantly. That's and, a cult. Like Est. Uh-huh, <laughs> it is. And also dictates where, how, and with whom the individual associates or isolates yes so information control uh deception shun, shun, shun. lies lying liars who <laughs> tell lie me lies tell, tell me sweet, sweet little lies, lies. um okay. <laughs> uh, they minimize or discourage non-cult sources of information a cursory google search will tell anybody that lularoe melaleuca 
Herbalife, etc. Are scams. Mm-hmm. You will never get rich doing. You will this. never ever get rich. Those two people that you saw on YouTube who did get rich from it are the only- are scammers. Uh huh. They are leading the scam. Yeah. <laughs> um, extensive use of propaganda and rewards. Mm-hmm. Established insider outsider feelings. Yes. Ah, uh, there is thought control. Insider outsider feelings, and um, well, like in Echelon, it's you wouldn't understand it. You mm-hmm. wouldn't understand. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Only the elite can make it here to see to drink our LSD wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and see the Holy Grail. <laughs> yes. And so there's thought control, which is use of lo- use of loaded language and cliches, which constrict knowledge. Stop critical thoughts and reduce complexities to platitudinous buzz- buzzwords. That's right. Little sound bites and little buzz. Fake news. Uh-huh. Yeah. Accepting the group's reality is their own and rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking, constructive criticism, as well as denial, rationalization, justification, and wishful thinking. Yes. And then there's the e, emotional control make people believe their problems are their fault and never those of the leader if you uh, sold more leggings you would have made your multi your monthly quota i guess you weren't working hard really enough. working hard. and if Did you're you poor it? in america it's your, your fault, fault. why are you choosing not to be successful how this much is would the, it cost you this not is the to greatest country in the world right, exactly there's not it's a land of opportunity why are you poor why are you poor it why must you be because you're be shiftless poor? and lazy mm-hmm. and you just don't want to succeed you yeah um, yeah, there's never a legitimate reason to leave. And if you do leave, you're weak, undisciplined, unspiritual, worldly, or brainwashed. Hack it. Couldn't mm-hmm. hack it. And both cults and MLMs use love bombing. Okay, both cults and MLMs use love bombings to make the recruits feel special, important, or like they know a secret. You yes, know? yes. Warm welcomes. I'm so glad you came, etc. But the GOP turns that on its head by welcome, like sort of love welcoming uh-huh. people into a safe space where they can spew all of the hate and venom and yes. ugliness. Come here and you can real. you're no longer, you know, all of those s- triggered snowflakes out there. They mm. won't let you say your real feelings and we will let you uh-huh. be as racist and bigoted as you want to. Yeah. yeah. And so that is but a tiny, tiniest, tiniest um, little bit. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to jump in on no, you. No, that's but, fine. Um, yeah, Ronald Reagan spoke at the Amway convention uh-huh. right after he was elected, but they had to change they the name. They had to change it. They changed the name. Yes, to like the International Freedom Convention. Right, because it was straight up like the Amway convention, and they were like, sir, you're the president, and you can't just go like, say like, everybody should eat Sarah Lee cakes. Yeah. Yeah, unlike Goya Beans, asshole. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. not legal but so yeah but i've been doing commercials for 40 years right <laughs> i'm a b-movie actor who's got early onset dementia jesus and everybody They're- behind him is like yes we know that's fantastic that's oh exactly god what yeah that he spoke to he spoke to at the amway convention like right after his inauguration mm-hmm. but they had to change it amway is known to own the michigan republican party yeah yeah I, who've been in the news lately they hmm. have hmm. yeah it's amazing yeah um and and yeah. Betsy there with all of her offshore registered yachts defunding a public education, education. Mm-hmm. completely trying to destroy public education and everybody should go to a private school. But also, and this is important, yes, making it easier for rapists on campus. Also true. Yes. Just, you know, what? It's like, what's, what is the opposite of the right thing to do? Exactly. Like, let me look at my list. Right. What would be a good thing? Should we let people be sexually assaulted? Yes, yes. or no? Yes. Yeah. We don't want to. That can ruin a young man's life. Right. Why would let what's 20, up with 20, man? 20, 20 minutes, minutes of, of a his, bad he decision? Just made a, well, it's like He's that. on the swim team. Mm-hmm. 
you know. I mean, he's white, right? Yes. Of course and he's, he's white. He's a white, he's a, you know, semi-rich white boy. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not semi-rich, they're white. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. More important. And boys. Most and boys. <sighs> <sighs> yes. And so if any of our international uh, audience wonders where... America, how we got to this glorious position that we're in right now. It's, it's Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. That is when and America died. That's when America died was when Reagan the, took office. It was also in the 70s. All of the people. Remember when I talked about the Moonies mm-hmm. and like after Jonestown and stuff like that, they started doing a lot of investigations into cults in the yep. 70s. They went after Scientology. Uh-huh. All of that was going on in the 70s. And guess when it stopped? Reagan. January 20th, 1980. Yeah, all of that stuff stopped. And it, again, it was like, yeah, but no, we're not going to investigate it. And what are you going to do about it? This the same way they operate today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how he cemented that whole thing about government being the problem? He made government the, the problem. problem. By saying out loud over and over again, government is the problem. Government is the problem. And again, I don't think that Reagan came up with much of this. No. no. But he, I don't I don't give him any of the credit for being like the brilliant criminal. Like, it's like a Dick Cheney. It's like Dick you Chain. came up with a yeah, lot of your seriously. own evil, Dick. Mm-hmm. Reagan did not come up with it. Right. It's just the perfect empty the vessel. Perfect puppet. And uh, boy, it it sure did work. It sure (laughs) did work. There is a four-part series. I think it was on CNN called The Reagans Uh that you can watch, which is really interesting. And it talks all about how Ronald Reagan was a shitty movie actor. Mm -hmm. And then he became president of the Screen Actors Guild, which Gabrielle Carteris was like, I'm sure she is like... (sighs) You know, I hope that she framed that like Trump tweet. I'm sure she did. Really yeah. hang it in her a office. Letter, yeah. I'm quitting before you can fire me. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> She's and, like, thank you. And how Reagan just set himself up to, first of all, he was like a lifelong shill for GE. Yes. Oh, yeah. And just the selling of the presidency. That's it. That's it. And they managed to finally sell it. Uh-huh. And that's what's happened. And, and that's, that's what happened. happened to the United States. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I, I wondered like, why the right hated the Clintons so much? Because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, why do you hate them extra? Other why do than- you hate them extra? Because they, the right had set out to dismantle the New Deal. Yes. And things were going fucking great with Reagan. Mm-hmm. And then Bush, Bush was Baby in there. Bush, uh-huh. And things were going great. Uh-huh. And then... And then the Clintons the didn't Clintons. stop thinking about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, that's it. Yeah. And oh, although I, I will I will put in here that Democrats are not perfect. No. The Clintons were involved in some shady deals. There's a whole lot of shady deals. They did not kill Vince Foster, though. No. Uh, and Relfare reform was a monstrosity. However. Yeah, there was a lot of shit that uh-huh. they did wrong. And again, I, you know, I try try and be a smidgen of fairness. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of democratic policies. Don't ask, don't tell. That was Clinton. That was yeah. all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And there are things that Obama did that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll be shit going on now that I don't agree with. But you know what's not going to be happening? <laughs> yes. All of that. Kind all of, of that. What is the, you know, what's not going to be happening? Spending one day to remove all of the voter rights from black people in Georgia and then um, arresting the people who are like, hey, you should not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So they only win by cheating. I, I They only win by cheating. And I also heard a quote that um, Democrats stand for something and Republicans stand, stand against, against something. I went to and I saw this picture the other day in my Facebook memories. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, when I went to Boston for my first ALA midwinter meeting, mm-hmm. I'm walking around Boston looking at stuff because I'd never been there. Yeah. And there was a statue at some point and it was of a Democratic donkey. Uh-huh. And it was like Democratic donkey. 
yeah. whatever, and it put up by the Democratic Party, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And then in front of it, on the ground, was a, it wasn't a whole statue. It was just like a little plaque uh-huh. put up by the Massachusetts Republican Party that was footprints, and it said, stand in opposition. Like facing the donkey. Fuck like, you. You've got nothing of your own. The only no. thing you can do is say like, we would like to give food to children. No. Is it going to cost money? Yeah. I need to give food to, to, to Philip Morris. Well, I didn't have food once, so nobody can have food ever. Yes. Okay. So I'm sorry. We're devolving. This is devolving. It's yeah. rage inducing. It's rage inducing. I'm not joining their fucking call. Horseshit. <laughs> Never. I need to get two more beers. Go oh, get two more Jesus. beers. Another place that all of these people got some of their ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a place, something that I wanted to uh, investigate a little bit because it came up in quite a few of the early call Est, uh-huh. uh, Scientology. Mm-hmm. Quite a few people talk about the Silva Mind Control Method. That's right. So I've done it. Here's a little pocket history of the Silva Mind Control Method. The Silva Mind Control Method is a self-help meditation program. Sure. Developed by Jose Silva. It claims to increase an individual's abilities through relaxation, mm-hmm. development of higher brain functions, sure. psychic abilities, and clairvoyance. Oh, uh-huh. It is not about controlling other people's minds. It's, it's about, about controlling, controlling your, your own, own mind. mind. Then you use you your own mind to, to control, control other people's, people's minds. minds. Yeah, no, it's just about you. It's about maximizing your potential so you can band together to save the world. Yeah. Jose Silva, an electronics repairman, <laughs> go in the 1940s, uh, developed an interest in psychology to see if he could help him increase his children's IQs. Okay. After experimenting, and it just says on his children, on his children, he became convinced of his daughter's clairvoyance. Oh. So he decided to learn more about how to develop psychic abilities. Okay. I was not able to determine what he like experimented on his children with to determine that she was clairvoyant. I don't card tricks or something. I, yeah, I know. It's like, well, anybody who's lived in a family for long enough, like can, you right. Know. You'd be pretty clairvoyant. Yeah, right. Exactly. If we played the newlywed game, I bet we'd win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but he declaimed that his daughter, uh, became clairvoyant. So he did some more investigation. In 1944, he began developing his method, formerly known as Silva Mind Control. It's not called that anymore, because apparently that's a bad... It's not called the Silva Method. It's just just PR, bad PR. Bad PR, mind control. It's like right there on the tin. Uh, He launched it commercially in the early 60s. He did research on the brain and brain frequencies, learning when different parts of the brain were active. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he his technique aims to reach and sustain a m- state of mental functioning called the alpha state, where brain wave frequency is seven to fourteen hertz. Okay. Daydreaming and the transition to sleeping mm-hmm. are alpha states. Yeah. And so his training is so that you can train yourself to be like, I want to be in the alpha state now. Okay, I'm in the alpha state, and now I can do creative things. What's weird is that's also when you're at your most suggestible, like hypnosis works that way. 
as to you know the whole like you know relax listen to the sound uh-huh. of my voice but 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 yeah like that's to to try and get your brain into get an alpha wave state. state okay uh just throwing that just out there. I'm just I'm saying. it increases your susceptibility huh hmm. suggestibility hmm. that won't be useful at all no, no. it's about controlling my mind it's about controlling my mind yes uh, he claimed to have developed a program that trained people to enter this brain state of enhanced awareness. He also claimed to have developed uh, several mental processes to use while these states, or you're in this state, so that you can make your specific intent and bring it uh, into being. Okay. The information received by the projected mind, which mm-hmm. is where you are. It's at those three wavy lines on the card. It is. Perceived as thoughts, images, feelings, smells, tastes, and sounds by the mind, and the information obtained in this manner can be acted upon to solve problems. Okay. You can still become a part of the Silva method, and you can take classes. I'm sure you can. You can take classes in alpha functioning. Mm-hmm. Fundamentals come first. Positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Relaxation. Uh, stress management. Mental house cleaning. Oh, cleaning of your environment the creative ability is in you check your mental environments to see if it needs cleansing sometimes it's not i yeah (laughs) it's like bless you all's heart sometimes it's not sometimes it's not you can think as much as you want and if like you write poems for yourself i'm glad yes but you don't always have to yes uh we're not all special and that's okay (laughs) no we are all special you're just not accessing your mind properly sleep control awake control dream control Headache control. Oh. Through headache control, you will learn to relieve tension and migraine headaches without the use of drugs. Mirror, no, you can't. <laughs> mirror of the mind to program yourself for success. I watched a lot of videos. There's a lot of mind, Silva no, mind, excuse me, Silva method videos. Like a lot. And one woman, Silva's daughter or granddaughter, was talking about the. There's lots of techniques where you have to imagine the mirror of the mind. You imagine a frame with a mirror in it, mm-hmm. and then you imagine the way things are inside the mirror, and then you wipe them. You imagine how you want things to be in the mirror. Okay, sometimes I do that when I close my eyes at night. Oh, well, you're doing it right. I guess so. Mostly it's, you know, it's kind of like, what if we met at a party? Right, it's like me, and I'm like, oh, and then, and then I go to Katie Lang's house, and she fixes my car. <laughs> my car broke down. Uh-huh, right. Her car broke down. Oh, her car would never break down. No. Oh, this, oh, the glass of water technique. Nice. Which is, one, at night, just before retiring, get a water glass and fill it with water. Mm -hmm. While drinking approximately half of the water, close your eyes, turn them slightly upwards, and say to yourself, this is all I need to do to find the solution to the problem I have in mind. Dude, that's a good way to choke. (laughs) Choke on success. cost you not to employ the glass of water technique <laughs> why don't you want to maximize your potential god Aaron, i thought it was just because i drank so much wine at night and i woke up in the middle of the night and i was thirsty. super thirsty no this is what i need to do to find the solution to the problem i have in mind which is i'm going to be so parched tomorrow oh so man I need to drink i'm going to do that now. tonight and see how it works okay well pick a problem okay and uh my problem is that nobody is bringing me fully cooked meals <laughs> and my problem is that i'm nowhere near katie lang's house uh, <clears throat> uh to become a master visualist so it's these kind of things okay uh-huh. uh you can take a two-day course it looks like the roadmap to success it starts off the day a formula for dealing with stress and setting goals the long relax 
the lunch a lunch break, sleep control techniques, alarm clock techniques, dream control techniques, an energizing ca- technique, hand levitation and glove <laughs> anesthesia. Fuck what? yes. Is that like laying on your arm so it feels like somebody else is giving you a handy J? <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> you have cracked the code here. <laughs> hand, knew it. hand levitation and glove anesthesia. Hand levitation is... Uh, if you like free your mind, then your hand will begin floating up in the air, and that's how you know you've gotten it. Is that like a Ouija board technique? It is. It's light as a feather, stiff as a board. It is. My, but the look, listen, the closest thing whenever I think of hand levitation technique is uh, I learned this at a Girl Scout slumber party. Okay. And if you stand in like a regulation doorway, yes, and and press, press like hard press hard really hard with like the out the back of, of your hands backs of your hands in the doorway and you press as hard as you can for like a minute uh-huh and then you step out of the doorway your arms your will, arms will float your up arms they will, will float, float up. up exactly <laughs> and it's awesome all right and that's part of the silver mind control method <laughs> learned uh-huh. it in girl scout learned it in girl scout camp uh, Werner Erhard was influenced by the Silva mind control method i bet he was and used the teaching when he founded est and here is a quote from Werner mm mm-hmm. mhm It was indeed probably the most spectacular mind expansion program ever staged. It featured extraordinary demonstrations and intensive training in memory feats, enhancement of psychic powers, ESP, precognition, psychic diagnosis, and healing. There was comparatively little philosophic theory in it. Oh, I wonder but, why. You know, yeah, like Mr. Silva, the appliance repair man, did not. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. What? Huh? Socrates didn't win. Okay, well, wait a minute. Just hold on to that, Brian. Oh, what? Hold on to it. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, you're holding things over on the couch there. Oh, yes. That's that's Mr. Silva right there. Oh, looks like he's still in his electronics wor- workshop. He is. He's wearing his, like, Otasco <laughs> coveralls. <laughs> and I mean, fucking good for him, you know? He did. It's true. Yeah. There was comparatively little philosophic theory in it, but a wide range of techniques drawing on hypnosis, auto-hypnosis, and autogenic therapy, in addition to the more exotic techniques cultivated by the famous Texas natural psychic Edward Casey, oh. uh-huh. as well as a number of colorful effects drawing from Rosicrucianism, the fucking Rosicrucians again. All of it. All it's of all it. mixed up. Uh-huh. Jose Silva, whom I met and worked with in Texas, was the first guy who could show people the way. He's a friendly Mexican. A beautiful what? guy. What? Learn from techniques to get people into subjective states. But we had some disagreements and eventually we parted. I bet you did. Uh-huh. So I set up my own trip and I added what I knew from other disciplines, but the basic objective of mind dynamics is I set it up. Yeah. So... Uh, it's a way to control your own mind, but if you are paying careful attention, it will tell you how to get other people into a suggestible state and then mention that, like, they need to donate the bone above their nose uh-huh. because the aliens <laughs> are going to put right. it in their space computer. Did Mr. Silva... I mean, he, he came up with all this. Right. He never really had a cult. He just sold his lessons. See, that's baller. That is. Right. It's like, that's I don't have time to run baller. a cult. I'm repairing electronics right. for like actual cash money in my home. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got business to do. Yeah. So he, uh, and it's no longer called the mind control method. It's now the Silva method or the Silva life system. Okay. There are many courses, books, seminars are available on their website. No prices are listed. Okay. But uh, yeah, you can still learn Silva techniques today. For the budding cult uh, leader out there mm-hmm. who's listening, mm-hmm. here's, I know you're out there. I know you're out there listening, taking notes. Are you the one in Hamtramck, Michigan? Oh yeah, we have a lot of. I, I, yeah, I'm going to take a little mid episode shout out to all of our awesome listeners because we have so I love many. You guys so much. I do. I have some emails to read a little bit later. Okay, but yeah. So yeah, the Silva Mind Control Method, which uh, I read a lot about 
in all of my readings of literally when I worked at the bookstall and I would read back issues of Omni magazine and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the still the mind control method is in all of them. Okay. I think they used to advertise in the back of Rolling Stone. Probably. Next to Become a Witch with Gavin and Yvonne Frost and mm-hmm. Get Amphetamines by Mail. Yes, yes. <laughs> From T. Hoffman, P.O. Box. <laughs> Right. Texas. P.O. Box. That's Farmer's Branch, Texas. Farmer's Branch, Texas. Mm-hmm. Can I throw something in here, which is that when I worked uh, at a different bookstore, the Silva Mind Control Method was always on the shelf. Oh, yeah. And But it, I walked by it a bunch of times just glancing at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for a long time, I thought it was called the Sylvia Mind Control <laughs> Method. You're like, Sylvia Brown? a lady at a party who knows how to control hey. people's minds like the shrunken white elephants of style yes. <laughs> <laughs> also she talks like that one guy's like yes, yes. Shit. <laughs> oh my god so, yeah yeah well that is good to know uh-huh well and again i wanted to include that because it was really it was mentioned by a lot of Yes. cult leaders and like a lot a lot yeah a, a lot, lot a lot. lot and a lot of places you'll hear about the silver mind control method and I was just like well what is that <laughs> thanks to research there I found out it's, it seems to me uh. like if I had opened one of those books and tried to read it I'd just be like uh, yes I tried to again working at the bookstall before the internet I just sat at the store and read books all night mm-hmm. and uh, I read some stuff from every single section of the store including the used porn section let me tell you ladies and gentlemen let's talk about something called sexual harassment there's something called sexual harassment oh god yeah I know I was constantly sexually harassed at that job but uh, but I was more thinking about how I used to read my favorite things to look at I didn't look at like the pictures in the porn magazines but I love to read the personal ads oh, at the back yeah. Yeah, precursor to the internet was personal ads in the backs of magazines or indeed magazines that were made up of nothing but personal oh. ads. There was one that was called Transvestite Connection and um, that was actually not porny. I think that today like, it would be no, like... We were actually trying to meet other people. Yes, today like it would be like a trans support group. Yes. It was called Transsexual Connection or Transvestite Connection and it was lots of personal ads. The ads in the back of Leg Show magazine were always yeah. really good. People like... One, there was one guy who was wrote to every single his ad was always in the magazines where he was paying cash money for women's shoes and he would pay extra money for if you could if they were shoes were old enough that you had your footprint inside the shoe uh-huh. and he would pay extra money if you'd stepped on a bug and the bug was still in the, stuck on the bottom of oh the my shoe. God. Sorry, that's just a little sidebar into my I once had a man approach me at my place of business at my work <clears throat> and he also worked there and he wanted to ask me all about if um do you ever put your bare feet into dress shoes? <laughs> and I was like, I know what you're doing, doing sir. Dude. This uh-huh. is not like just a casual like, hey, what's up, break room? Uh-huh. <laughs> hey. Yeah, when I worked at the Love Light, at the Hippie Deli, there was a guy who would call and ask us, how big are your chairs? And I'd be like, standard chair size, <laughs> sir. <laughs> and, and he would be like, what would you do if somebody really heavy came in? What if they were like so big that they would break the chair? What would you do then? And like, I just be can like, I take your order, sir? I'm like, do you want a sandwich or not? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it was creepy stuff like that back in the day. Ah, oh, crazy. Uh, it had to be the, like they have to go to so much greater lengths to harass you. But yeah, I don't know how I got on that, but oh, because Silva mind control method. And I remember reading part of the book and just being like, I don't know, never mind. Shit, I, I wasn't interested. Okay. All right, there. I got one more. Okay. And this one 
started from a reader email. Okay, we're going to have some reader mail. Reader mail. And someone got a letter. We just just got got a letter. letter. We We just got got a letter. Let's see who it's from. Okay, so Brian is going to read this letter for us because he... Knows the fella. Knows the fella who sent it to us. And also... Brian's got a lot of problems. Oh, Brian. So Brian is got a wonderful radio voice, and I expect him to do some good... There you go. A face for radio, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Brian is also very handsome. That is the that is the best, the oldest and best joke among uh, among radio employees. (laughs) It's super good. It just it makes me so happy. It's one of every single time. Anyway, so uh, this is from my uh, internet friend Jedediah, who I met in a group. On Facebook about the webcomic Akewood. Hey! And uh, if you have not read Akewood, it's really wonderful. Okay. Okay, so. Jedediah. Yes. Jedediah grew up next to a cult. Yay! Hello, Aaron, Amanda, and also Brian. That's all three of us. I've been meaning to get in touch about this for a while, but haven't because, you know, life. And because I'm lazy, you're not. You've got stuff going on, man. We all do. But yes, I did grow up next to a cult. You may or may not have heard of House of Yahweh, an international organization based in my hometown in Central Texas. Perhaps not? If so, let me tell you about them. Content warning for a couple of brief mentions of child abuse and death. That's true. That's true. So I grew up in Abilene, Texas, as stated, right in the center of the state. It's called the Key City because it's viewed as the gateway to what is officially designated West Texas. <laughs> The population is roughly 150,000 people, give or take, and it is surrounded by tiny little towns like Buffalo Gap, population 463, Baird, population 1,496, and Clyde. Population 3,345. That's huge, man. That is huge. Dimebox, Texas is my favorite. Gun Barrel City is my favorite, Texas. (laughs) Nestled right in between Abilene and Clyde is Eula, an incorporated community with a population of about 125 that is so small that it only consists of the houses and businesses up and down about a 10 or 12 mile stretch of the rural road FM603. Ooh, we've all been to small towns like that. Yeah. Indeed. They've got nine Baptist churches and a dollar store. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They also have the House of Yahweh. And the House of Yahweh. These places mostly all have Clyde mailing addresses, though Eula did get a post office in the late 90s. Hey! There are a couple of convenience stores, many houses, the school where I attended first grade all the way through 12th grade, graduating class of 47 kids, and we set a record for size. Wow. And, of course, the main world headquarters for the House of Yahweh. In the International House of Yahweh? I see. Certainly <laughs> hope so. With the flavored syrups, they are key mm. to Yahweh. We would pass by the compound on the bus every morning, but no kids ever came to our school from there, despite why. being literally about a mile from them. The denizens all live in trailer houses, not newly assembled manufactured homes, mind you, but old collapsing structures with house numbers painted on the sides in great big brush strokes. <laughs> the group was founded in the early 80s by Israel Hawkins, born Bill Hawkins. <laughs> After his brother came back from a trip to Israel and claimed he had found the name of God, or rather proof of it. 
As far as I can tell, they founded the group together and set up different sects, though Yisrael is considered the official founder and leader now. Okay, is this like the Trader Joe's Aldi split? Where- <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, yes. And the Trader except- Joe's brother is the slightly more successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except there's no, there's not the blood feud that there is with Trader oh, Joe's. I mean, yeah, no. Trader Joe's mortally wounded uh, uh, Steve Aldi in, well, in combat. It's It was a thing. I'm sorry, but like Trader Joe's granola is good. So yeah, it was written into the corporate merger. It's understandable. So what are you gonna do? You know, uh-huh. it was always rumored that once you join, you end up giving all your money and possessions to Israel. Though I don't know if that's true. I do know, as mentioned before, that everyone lives in ramshackle trailers and that upon joining, everyone gets a new name. Excellent. The, yes. the first name usually being something Hebrew and the last name being Hawkins. <laughs> everyone changes their name to Hawkins. Oh, I'm going to yes. change my name to Aquarian. Never mind. I, know. I want a cult where everyone's named Steve. <laughs> Steve Hawkins. The most active they have been in the public is stepping out to make doomsday predictions every yes! few years. Yes! Noise. And to amend them when they don't come to pass. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a few legal troubles over the years. In one case, a woman and her friend were charged and convicted for the death of her child Ooh. after they attempted to perform home surgery on the girl oh, age no, seven no. due to an infection of some sort on her leg. Uh. One of the most famous cases was a man in the sect who was convicted of repeatedly sexually assaulting his daughter over many years. This guy's name was Yedidiah, which is extra upsetting because my name, Jedediah, is the westernized version oh, of that. Oh, it was not you. No, it was not you. I know you from the internet. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> you would not do that. Israel Hawkins himself has been arrested on counts of bigamy. Oh. And pleaded no contest at counts of child labor. Oh, wow. Okay. I was like, yep, we were definitely doing that. Definitely did that. No contest, <laughs> like, man. No, it's, is there a problem? Got me there, uh, bro. Because regardless, I did it. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm just saying. They're laboring right now. Go look. Yeah, this, you want me to call him? After Heaven's Gate, there was a lot of fervor about whether HOY would be doing something similar or bigger with the advent of the new millennium, which you may remember was looked at with significance by many religious groups oh, at the time. Yeah, it was. And leading up to Y2K, there was definitely a lot of speculation and worry about it. Mm-hmm. By a lot of people. The girl I dated and in and after high school lived very close to their compound. And through most of 1999, there was some unknown construction project happening there. We never found out exactly what, but... The landing pad for the space aliens? Yes, it was... Uh, space Brothers. So it's, <laughs> Rick and Arthur Space. <laughs> <laughs> but we, <laughs> we never found out what exactly, but for most of the year, we saw them moving a lot of construction equipment onto the compound, and there was an, an enormous and ever-growing mound of dirt rising up. <laughs> they were building a giant mound of dirt, and they, they succeeded, were. ladies and gentlemen. It was so the aliens could see it. They were building a bazooka-proof bunker <laughs> to edit their films. Well, they just they were they had lived in Central Texas for a long time and longed to see anything on the horizon. <laughs> so they're like, "We'll build our own mountain if we have to." I'm like, so tired. Look, man, we can see all the way to New Mexico, and it we're sucks. Gonna do this. <laughs> yes, we're gonna see Arizona after we're done with this. <laughs> all the way to Lubbock. <laughs> Lubbock, Christian Lubbock. <laughs> 
So, yes, an ever-growing mound of dirt rising up from behind the gates as if they were excavating or burying something huge. (laughs) My dad always thought that they were burying a stash of weapons because that's just kind of where his brain goes. But I I always guessed they were building a bunker since predicting Armageddon was always their main deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yisraik has gone online and on national TV more than once to do so and always claimed that either his sect or the town of Abilene as a whole would be the one place spared from nuclear holocaust. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That is northern Quebec. We established that earlier. Okay. Okay. Uh They have a smaller compound within Abilene proper. Eula is about five miles from the city limits, but very few members live there. The Abilene compound... <laughs> to Metropolitan. The Abilene compound is mainly where they do all of their printing and publishing. About a half dozen or so members live there and operate the facility. In 2005, a friend of mine bought the house that butts up against that property. Oh, nice. And shares a fence with it. And I lived there with him from that time until about mid-2006. They were always pretty quiet. They came and talked to us in person only maybe twice. But they did come and leave literature on our doorstep many times. Yes. There's a piece titled Birth of the Nuclear Baby. Oh, oh. I, have a, I have a picture of the, of of the nuclear baby. Of the nuclear baby Excellent. that I already okay. <clears throat> that is featured on their Wikipedia page. And that little number was left on our doorstep hot off the presses. Ooh. It was published as a reaction to another failed prediction of nuclear war. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. And it, in it, Hawkins claims that while bombs did not fall on the date he had predicted, nuclear war did start, or rather the events began that would result in nuclear Eventual war. Eventual nuclear war. That was September 12, 2006. <laughs> ah. No, nuclear war did start, but it was in a parallel universe. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. (laughs) It was fine. He likened this to the Earth going through a long gestation period that would eventually result in a violent birth, (gasps) i.e. the advent of nuclear war bringing devastation and destruction to everyone, except, apparently, Abilene, Texas. There was one night on which my roommate's dog escaped from us when we let her out to potty and left our property bounding right onto the HOY compound. Oh, no! was obliterated by a nuclear bomb. Poor puppy. <laughs> My friend and I... Atomic dog! My friend and I snuck onto their property to get her back. Uh, like I say, this was just the publishing space, so there were not a lot of people there, but... There were a few rows of semi-truck trailers lined up on the back of the property. No idea what they housed. Presumably, at least one had a printing press of some sort. (laughs) Maybe it was just just like one Epson desk jet printer. (laughs) It was an ancient, ancient Xerox machine. They immediately (laughs) The one from 9 to 5. It's got like a soft top. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like like gasoline powered. (laughs) You crank. It goes off coal. So, you know, oh, that's, oh, yeah. That's where the jobs are going to come back. from. Mm-hmm. Any minute now. Though we didn't see much else and nothing bad happened to us, we were still very glad to find the missing pup and head back to our own place where the lights were on. Years later, I worked at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas with a woman who had escaped the cult. <gasps> Her kids had changed their names back to their pre-cult names, but she still had the name Hawkins. 
She didn't talk much about why she hadn't changed it back, probably because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And she didn't talk much about her time in the cult, and we didn't press her. Suffice it to say that something had gone terribly wrong, and she had felt the need to grab her kids and bolt. Indeed. Godspeed, lady. I was briefly acquainted with another ex-member, a pretty brilliant jazz guitarist named Vincent, who was used to... uh, Are you sure he wasn't in Synanon? I was going to say, he had left that cult heading for Malibu. That's right. (laughs) Vincent was like 104 by this point. (laughs) who used to play pretty frequently at our favorite coffee shop in the mid to, in the early to mid-2000s. He'd come to Abilene as a young man looking for something <laughs> Cows. and had hooked up with HOY as part of that search. He read and reread their interpretation of scripture and noted that it just didn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Okay. When he tried to get clarity on the bits he found inconsistent, he was brushed off with notions like, oh, well, when read in the original Greek, you see, it lines up better. Uh, it's not right? original Greek. It's not originally oh, in Greek. It okay. wasn't written in Greek, you fucking fucks. <laughs> So he sat down and taught himself Greek, you know, like you do, and uh, it didn't help at all, so he left. Because <laughs> it wasn't written in Greek. And there you have it. I grew up near and at one point literally next to a cult. I've included a couple of links, a story about them in Texas Monthly from 1997. I love Texas Monthly. I, I that is a, cited that ar- same article. That is a great magazine. Texas Monthly is a great magazine. It's Whether so you're interested good. in Texas or not, it's packed with interesting stories. Like, like Bernie, that TV yes. that movie. Yeah, that's based on an article from Texas Monthly. Oh, shit. There's, I got my Terry Hoffman Mm-hmm. from an article in Texas Monthly. Yeah, it's a great magazine. Tons of amazing stuff. Yes. Also got stuff from a news broadcast from the Abilene ABC affiliate from 2012. <laughs> At timestamp 49, you see a shot of the smaller Abilene compound I live next to. And Can we see an- your house from there? Yes, yeah. <laughs> totally, if you stand on top of one of the semis. <laughs> and another from KTN in Kenya re- regarding the death of the leader of the Kenyan sect in 2014. Oh, like Kenya, Kenya? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Joto Kenyatta, yes. first president of Kenya? Okay. Yes. Israel's ex-wife Kay Hawkins has also written a book called The House of Yahweh, My Side of the Story. <laughs> By screaming Kay Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate that! <laughs> I joined a cult on you! <laughs> because, because you're mad! Thank you then for Thank your you, letter. Thank you, Uh-huh. That, that was, was awesome. Fantastic email, and I would like to learn more about the House of Yahweh. Well, thankfully, Jedediah. In Abilene. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> One foot on the trailer. <laughs> Okay. Yay, the claws are kicking in. Yay, the claws are kicking in. So, yes, I thank Jedediah a lot for his breakdown Uh of the origin of the House of Yahweh because it is fucked up. And I got almost all of my information from that Texas Monthly article, which is super good. But here's what I have written, and I'm going to skip over a lot of stuff that I have written because Jedediah did a better Just than did me. a better job. Uh-huh. But I will say here, House of Yahweh, Texas cults are special. Texas cults are special. We got Terry. We got Heaven's Gate. We've got so much. <laughs> I said David Koresh. Yes. Who we must remember was a Seventh-day Adventist. Yes. Just like Harold Armstrong. Mm-hmm. We have Marshall Doe Applewhite. And then we have all those Republic of Texas groups who want to succeed from the union, which for real guys 
is super fucking dumb and it would make Ardmore a border town and suddenly like everything's like sepia and shit. And then I think like maybe Texas is a cult. And then we have, oh, part of the FDLS. I can't remember the name of it. Yearning for Zion. Yearning for Zion. That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be great, man. (laughs) Ardmore is a border city. (laughs) ASA. That's right. And then I want it to be like... uh, Master Blaster owns Bata Town. <laughs> it's like all of Texas just becomes Thunderdome. <laughs> what do you mean becomes? Oh, okay. Oh. We don't need another hero. So, okay, yeah. It started when Brother JG came back from a, a, tri- a seven-year trip to Israel okay. where he saw written on a piece of stone something uh-huh. that said house of yahweh and he was like well shit i found it you like know? a white salamander appeared to him right and, uh-huh and so he like changed his name to yakob which is so what? fucking stupid i can't even so, so we have yakob and israel, israel which i believe was spelled with a y yes you have to start it with a y y- Yed- i'm gonna be yvonne <laughs> so here's the fucked up shit yakob and later yisrael told the congregation to use the holiest of the creator's names, Yahweh, to maintain the true Sabbath Saturday as a day of pure worship, to wear holy headpieces for the men to grow beards, to eschew unclean foods like pork and shrimp. Beavers. Yep. And to (laughs) feast together as a congregation three times a year and in all other ways follow the 613 rabbinic laws of Yahweh as to prepare for the imminent arrival of the Messiah. Gotcha. So, yeah, there's a lot more than Ten Commandments, just saying. There really are. <laughs> and so what we're got here right away is a combination of Seventh-day Adventism, Adventism. Judaism. Uh, right, this Texas dude's interpretation of Judaism. Right. And so here we go. Okay. Growing up in Purcell, Oklahoma. Hell yeah. Bill Yisrael. <laughs> Bill Israel, Israel Hawkins <laughs> dropped out of fifth grade. Killed cats and sold them as rabbit meat. And hung out with his brother, JG, who was really into Judaism and Armstrongism. And Yiz also said that he and Jacob were the two witnesses in the Bible. And you may remember that Toe and D from Heaven's say, D and Bo and Pete are the two witnesses. Thought that they were the two witnesses in the Bible, so it must be something in the water. JG went off to Midwestern Bible College in Missouri, and Bill followed him. But Bill only lasted a couple months before he quit and turned himself to grifting full time. (laughs) So he was the Zeppo of the the family. The the Yeppo. The brothers took to peddling Bibles door to door. And while JG knew his scriptures better, Bill was definitely the better salesman. Got to be a good salesman to run a cult. mm -hmm. And remembered as by a relative, he could look you right in the eye and lie through his teeth. He could charm a rattler. That's right. On the side, Bill sold ice makers. The machines didn't work, but the folks he approached wouldn't have known that since Bill loaded the contraptions with ice he had previously frozen from his home. Right, right, right. And he sang in his brother's rockabilly band, Buffalo Bill and his whip or wills. And because he booked the band's engagements, he collected the gate receipts. And as one of the bandmates noted ruefully, he always kept the biggest part of the money for himself. Uh Uh-huh. So, yep, yep. We're ticking all the boxes here. here. Was he a judo champ? That's all we're missing here. Well, wait. Eventually, Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Eventually, Bill became a cop and hung around uh-huh. raising coon Talking hounds, raising coon hounds, and operating a trailer park that his wife didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of trailer park. 
<laughs> exactly. And then I have something to tell you. Oh, and then JG <laughs> special episode of Madness Mad. And and then JG started his church, and Bill was like, "Shit, I this is the biggest him. money maker of them all." Elron was right. So a year later, he persuaded Jake Jacob to ordain him as a minister, and then he. Plunked down $500 and enrolled in a Dale Carnegie public speaking Hell course. Hell yeah. He should have got the silver mind control method, baby. There you go. Power positive thinking. Mm-hmm. How, think and grow rich. Think how to win friends and influence people. All of these books. This is a whole. This is a whole thing. Uh-huh. So in Happy Doomsday, mm-hmm. Robert Draper, Texas Monthly, July 1997, described Hawkins as a, quote, sometime musician, inveterate philanderer, and lifetime, lifelong Bible student with the doomsdayers fetish for the book of revelations oh, and that the house of Yahweh is nothing more than a culmination of one man's life of con artistry a white trash quest for scruffy empire Ooh. that would thir- be thoroughly comical if it weren't for its many dupes Oof, yes and I'm sorry house of Yahweh is like house of extravaganza house uh-huh. of ninja <laughs> uh-huh. so other things other shit that they believed Satan was a woman natch the Pope was her beastly puppet, and by orchestrating the 1993 Israeli peace accords, he would usher in seven years of tribulation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Until October 2000, when a nuclear holocaust would lay waste to the planet mm-hmm. and usher in the coming of Messiah. I remember Messiah. when that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Uh huh. That sucks. Uh, until that glorious reckoning, the house of Yahweh would abhor all paganisms, include, including the religious holidays of Easter and Christmas, keep the 613 laws of Yahweh, and maintain secretiveness uh, that required the posting of gar- armed guards outside their 44-acre compound. Well, at least they recognized the pagan origins of Easter and Christmas, because not true. very many Christian not many groups do. do. Okay, so here we go. Okay. <clears throat> Reading about all this... And like knowing like there's like the Texas origins and the Purcell origins. Yep. I just can't imagine. I can only imagine like two fucking dudes that are like sitting in lawn chairs in the back of a pickup truck. Uh huh. With like some Lone Star between mm-hmm. them. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and it would be better if I was able to deliver this in the full twang in full extemporaneously. But it's like yeah, man, we're to like two witnesses from the Bible and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh no, for real, for real. And then I came up with like, "Fuck Jesus loves me." Fuck <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah. loves me. Fuck Jesus loves me. Jesus was a Jew, and so are we. <laughs> because Israel Hawkins stated, "Quote: Yes, that he is a Jew whose family was severely persecuted and forced to flee from Europe to the United States, to Texas. He was Purcell. He <laughs> was raised without a synagogue, but was t- strictly taught by his Jewish parents, both of whom traced their lineages to the tribe of Levi." When this passage was read to one of Hawkins's brother, not JG, ah. he sighed before saying. Bill's my brother, but he ain't got both oars in the water, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Our daddy was a Dutchman, and our mother was three-quarters Cherokee, and we don't have a drop of Jewish blood. Oh, so is this the tribe of Israel that became British, or the ones that became, like, the Algonquins? (laughs) I don't know, but this started a little sidebar nation for me, Mm -hmm. which um, recently I was thinking about anti-Semitism in the Christian right. Yes. And anti-Semitism, like, growing up in Oklahoma, I remember one time asking mom, I was like, why do people hate Jews? Yeah. You know? Because I was like, well, around here, it's like I I've known a few Jewish people in Oklahoma, but not even enough to be like, I know that there's the synagogue on Penn has been uh, vandalized a few times. It has. And definitely it happens. But it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not. Enough- and there's also like a bigger Jewish population in Tulsa. Mm hmm. 
But I, but it was. I was like, I don't know, fucking ten or something. Right. And you're you know? like, I don't know enough Jewish people to know why I people was like, hate why them. Why do people hate the Jews? And so I was thinking about that. And once again, I have to qualify this. It's like I read this. I did not come to this in my own geniusness. Geniusness. But you know, we all know that the Jews killed Jesus. It's right. like, but they didn't. the The Romans. The Romans. Right. The Romans killed Jesus. But we have no laws when to the, put a man to death. When the New Testament came out, the new Christians were trying to convert from the old religion yeah. to the new religion and so they blamed everything on the, on the jews so yes. Judy, you don't want to be that hating jews and loving jesus go hand in hand mm. along with the republicans and white supremacy it is just like it's all part of it's a whole unholy melting pot a bullshit so similar to Armstrongism, the house of Yahweh believes that the world will soon experience a great tribulation and the Bible refers to Satan and, as the god of this world and that she has the entire world deceived. Deceived with her wily womanly ways. Right, right. And there were lots of hot, hot... Okay, this story came out on June 12th, 2008 and actually the news story came out on June 9th, 2008. Oh, okay. It says, Hawkins just stated that nuclear war would begin on June 12th, 2008. Okay. And here are some quotes from a contemporary news article, Texas sect leader, Doomsday begins next Thursday on June 12th. Okay. <laughs> Hawkins says that he does not care if people consider him a laughingstock. You know, the Savior himself told me not to worry about that. He said they're going to hate you above all people on the face of the earth. Former members say that there is a method to Hawkins' madness. Mm -hmm. The doomsday predictions help him make money and keep disillusioned members from leaving for fear that they will be killed when the end times come. It's called the bite method. Uh huh. <laughs> He's been saying, just give me two more years. We're right at the end, said former member Miriam Martin, who left in 2004. Why would you give up now? That's he, how he controls people through fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Other members say that they are required to buy doomsday food and supplies from a company that Hawkins owns personally, mm. Life Nutrition Products. Life nutrition products. Uh -huh. Hey, if I if I started selling life nutrition products, could I make like some personal wealth? Do you I think? bet you could. Okay. Um. So here it says everything he preaches has to do with people buying something. Said former House of Yahweh elder <clears throat> David Alls of New York City. I'm a black man from New York City, and we're supposed to be slick and wise to the street. And he had me hook, line, and sinker. Wow. Yep. And December 24th, 2016, the group claimed that nuclear destruction would occur before Christmas 2016. So members like, attended and watched, but nothing happened. I was going to say, they declared on Christmas Eve that it would be happening later today. Right. And in the, the book, The Birth of the Nuclear Baby, The Explosion of Sin, the group claims that nuclear war did start on September 12th, 2006, but it did not start with bombs dropping. Oh, it's 200 years and just a baby. Exactly. Beat me to that by like 10 seconds. Yay! Oh, man. So that is oh. House of Yahweh. House of Yahweh. Not to be confused with House of Darion. No. <laughs> In any way. Hey, yeah, Texas. Tighter than my Darion jeans. <laughs> yeah, Texas culture special and California culture special and lots of serial killers are in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. Someone should do it like a research paper on this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm going to read a couple of emails from our fantastic listeners. 
listeners. We Yay. love all of you. And honest to goodness, my nine-year-old daughter every day, she's like, Mom, how are your podcast numbers? So <laughs> Thanks, doll. She's so into it. And I am too. One of the favorite things to do is look at how many people are listening and where they're listening from. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read two short emails. Our first one is from Corey. She, her, Corey. She says, hey, Madness, Madness, ladies. Given your general affinity or for non-cult communal living, I wanted to write in and share that my husband was a member of an artistic commune in Virginia several years ago. Mm-hmm. They lived in an abandoned school building that they fixed up. I know. Oh, my God. And they have had, a story about it living oh, in Yeah, we do on this for another day. It's like, it's like a parent's divorce uh, and shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they would have video game nights, watch Game of Thrones, showcase where they, showcases where they'd show off what they were working on, their artistic stuff, and I love that. That's awesome. Members have gone on to be quite accomplished and their fields. Her husband is a composer who <gasps> works on big budget films from China. Nice. Yeah, and talks about his time in the Keep Colony where they did not play midnight volleyball or send their children to boarding schools. Yay! So thank you for writing in and reaffirming. I think that communal living is great and I would love to live in like an artist's colony. Yeah. That would just be that, super that, cool Well, I've, I've told you, I was like, I need to go to like the, the yoga writing weekend. Yes. Oh man, I do too. Oh Yeah. Okay, and we have a message from Kelly in Gimpy, Australia. Yay! Yeah, and she writes Kelly, in to Kelly. She writes in to reinforce something that Anya, our our Briz Vegas baby, told mm. us also. Uh, she said, "Hello, there, fellow weirdos." Her her email is entitled "I'm listening." <laughs> I just wanted to drop you a line to know that you have a loyal listener here in Gimpy, and we love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time I'm confused and have no idea what's going on halftime messes with my head I feel like I'm missing something I don't understand American college basketball don't worry about it don't, not we're, we're not talking about American college it's, basketball we're just making really. shit up in the middle of the game is a halftime that's all you need to know the idea of choosing someone to make my decisions and take away my responsibility sounds so heavenly I love that you did Kenja and I'd never heard of it surely there's more Aussie based cults when I was a girl I used to work uh, there was a girl I used to work with who quit her job and moved to a commune and changed her name to Deborah or Mary or something biblical. <laughs> and maybe that was a cult. Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. Deborah. Anyway, I love the Aussie accents, but I have a quick tip. And Anya had the same quick yes. tip. It is pronounced Estedfid. It's Stedfid. It's not Eistedfod, which we do. it wasn't, but we didn't know. It's an Estedfid. Uh-huh. And she said, it's like a talent quest only without joy or fun just seriousness comparison and so much judgment that's so amazing that is so fucking perfect keep it up kelly maybe you'll get what's going on see you later she's off to channel a panty liner love kel fantastic we love you kel yay hey man you're doing good work here get out of here panty liner panty liner no Look, I'm, I'm just saying. Right, yeah. We're having it a stand fit and you're not invited. You Get out. Talk about your downline. Like, your, your sales are flying and uh, uh, I need to Hit him with a corn thin. Hit him with a corn thin. Ow. Oh, ow. Corn thin. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also got a DM. Ooh. Sliding into, sliding our, into our DMs. From Faith ah. in Wales. In Wales. Old Old North Wales. Old North Wales, not New South Wales. Not old North, old Wales. North Wales. And she said, hearing you talk about Australian Estedfid was hilarious. It's a huge Welsh thing, and the fact that a cult has embraced it is just bizarre, but also it kind of makes sense. Many a music teacher in the Welsh Valleys have acted like the lead spot in Estedfid is the path to salvation. <laughs> So we love you, Faith. Kiss your baby for us. Kiss your baby for us. And tell your husband to get his head in the game. Yeah. All right. 
Well, that is our wild card episode tonight. And we have so much stuff that we're going to have to slop some of this over into a future episode because mm-hmm. I have not even gotten into the breatharians. And <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you want to yeah. talk about eating disorder cult? Oh, you want to talk about an eating disorder cult, baby doll? And yeah. But yeah. So that is our. Wild cards. Wild cards. And we will be back next week with more cults with a final decision. <gasps> oh where? my God, you guys, it's the big dance in champagne. The big dance in champagne. We're going downstate next week and we'll tell you about more cults and we will pick the people who are going to dictate what we do. Oh my God, ready? Okay. Madness Madness is hosted by Aaron Byrne and Amanda Clay with occasional outbursts from Brian Byrne, who is me. Ryan Byrne records and edits the show. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please rate us and review us. It really helps. Or listen to us online at madnessmadnesspodcast.com. You can also find links to our social media on madnessmadnesspodcast.com. And you can email us your thoughts about stuff at madnessmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.